uh, would will you drink coffee before the class tonight? No, because then I'm back up early in the morning tomorrow, you know? Bam, we're live. Um, so in the middle of the show, you'll go back to CrossFit Livermore? And, yeah. And how many kids will be there? Anywhere between 16 and like 22. Oh, my goodness. And you have to turn it on for them. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. High energy, high patience. Jody Lynn, hi, Sevon. Can you ask Aaron if there's any value in Thrasher magazines from 2006 to 2009? My son has stacks and stacks. I'm cleaning house. Interesting. <laughs> Great question. If you, uh, th- Value in Thrasher magazines. My mom ditched all mine. Great question. Uh, it was amazing. Um, Aaron is a friend. Aaron is married to a very close friend of mine's friend. And so I was at the house the other day and, uh, it was, it was actually a couple of years ago. I said, I wanted to get him on and she said, Oh, he's cool. Reach out to him in, in, in the DMS and see if you can get him on. And I don't know, year or two past year past. No year podcast hasn't even been going for two years. Has it? Nope. So, so maybe a year past, six months past. And she said, Hey, she was over here the other night. It was on her birthday, my friend, uh, Colette. And she said, Hey, did you get Aaron on? And I said, No, not yet. Uh, having trouble getting in touch with him. She goes, Oh, I'll text him right now. And she texts him <laughs> and bam, four days later, here he is, or some shit like that. Awesome. Yeah. It stays like high school your whole life. I can't wait to get out of high school when, when, when it's no longer a popularity contest. No. <laughs> Sorry. Now they've changed the word. It's called relationships, but um, you you can call it what you want. You can call it what you want. Aaron is a girl's name. I'll I'll, I'll put that in my notes too. Aaron is. A... <laughs> Guess that depends on the spelling. Uh, Stephen uh, Plyler. Hi, Travis. Bellenhausen, Vindicate, hi, Jody, Jamie, Latimer, Elise, Carr, Redow, The Shiz, Nora, Speciso, Bam, Alan, Kestenbaum, hi, Magnus Holmgren, Bruce Wayne, God, what if we ever all got to meet each other? Wouldn't that be nuts? You mean like some sort of live show at a place? Yeah. God, I dread that. Oh, my God. (laughs) That would stress me out. It stressed me out during that meetup at the games. Stefan, will you ask Aaron about Scientology? I will not. I will not. <laughs> Is he a Scientologist guy? I have uh, I have no idea. I do have a lot of friends who are Scientologists. Not as many as I have that are Christians. Interesting. I do have a lot of friends. I was friends with them for a long time before I even knew that. Undercover Scientologist. A long time. I don't know. I mean, I didn't like, you don't know until you know. <laughs> Serbia loves you. I love Serbia. Oh, that's cool. My goodness. You got some reach. I remember when your prez came on like six months ago or a year ago, and he was like, I can believe the TV set or I could believe my common sense. I'm going with my common sense. <laughs> Open the country. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that guy is fucking brilliant. And, and your, and your tennis dude, uh, Djokovic is a stud. What a fucking class act. I appreciate him. Uh, Sevon podcast meetup at the ranch. 
It's possible. I think it's possible. That's that's kind of off the beaten path, though. Devesh is going to have a serious hard time. Um, where's Devesh? I saw him. I saw him. Hypothetically, where would you have it at? Devesh, uh, my house. Just <laughs> eleven miles up the road from the ranch. Yeah. Even oh man. Than the cuts. <laughs> uh, that is a good question. I don't know. What? What? Where do you think? Yeah, I don't know. Way to reverse the question. I didn't even have anything planned. It, it might be good to time it with some other big event so people could kill two birds with one stone, you know? Yeah. Like, like the games or something. Like if uh, Blues, they gave us some love and we got a stage or something. He He's in Scientology. Yeah, watch Braille for years. He doesn't talk about it much, but threw me off when I found out. I had a flat earther on here the other day. I really liked him. I'm open. I'm open. <laughs> There's a lot of labels being thrown around today. A lot of labels. I'm open. I'm open. I'm open. I saw this video today uh, that Matt Walsh put up. He was on Rogan recently. Yeah. It's a video of two cops putting handcuffs on a guy, and Matt Walsh is, like, calling for them to be fired. And the comments are just hating on the cops. And I'm just... It just made me really not like Matt Walsh. You don't you don't know the situation at all. You don't know if there's kids nearby. You don't know the history of this guy. The, the cops suspected that he might have a gun in his pocket. And they asked him to show what he had in his pocket, and the guy pushes back. And then eventually, it, it, it doesn't get too confrontational, but the guy's just being an asshole, right? Mm-hmm. So the cops handcuff him. And that's all you see in the video. You don't know what happens. You don't know if he gets arrested. And it's just a list of fucking comments. And thank <laughs> God it's three white people. But it's just a list of fucking comments of people hating on the cops. And that that's the problem in my mind. I, I'm on the totally other side of the fence. I'm on the side of the fence that... Do you want to pull up the video, the Instagram video? Yeah, is it on the show? I think it's on Matt Walsh's Instagram. No, no, it's not. Oh, Sorry. okay. I'm, I'm, on to, I'm on totally... I believe that there's a partnership there and demanding for the firing of these cops. Like what if these, what if these are two 20 year veterans? Yeah. I mean, there's just never enough context in those videos either. You know, uh, Sevon is pivoting to the left. <laughs> desperate to breach that 20 K barrier. No, no, I'm not pivoting to the left. Well, okay, fine. I think this Which, guy's pivoting to the left. It's this one down here. Look, it's called man. It's na it's navigational man. It's a navigational aid. Go ahead and play. Right it. Okay. Yeah, give me a sec. Here we go, people. So it's a guy. It's a guy just walking down the street with his jacket. What's this in your back pocket? I just saw you walking it. The navigational aid. What's the problem? You a tyrant? Yeah, I am actually. What's your name and date of birth? I don't have to give that unless. Yes, sir. I was investigating. Do you want me to put you in handcuffs right now? Yes, sir. I do. Okay, pause. What pause. is your suspicion? So she gets. She comes back with that quip. Um. Uh. Yes, I am a tyrant. He, she just. She suspects he has a gun. If I take her at her word at face value, this is like a serious situation now. All I picture is me driving by there in my car with my three kids. If a cop thought that I might have a gun, I would, I would so, I would so um, acquiesce. It's nothing to me. They're just doing their job. 
If I'm at the pool and there's a bush there and it's that season that that bush is flowering and there's bees fucking everywhere, <laughs> I don't come out with the can of Raid and spray down the fucking bush and say, well, I paid $6 to come into this public swimming pool and so these bees have to die. How about fuck off? Yeah, but did she... Because technically, if you're walking down the street and a cop does ask you that and there's no reason for detainment... She she, she, she says that um he, she thinks he has a gun. Oh, did she say that? I thought she yeah. said you got something in your back pocket there. Okay, keep keep going. Keep going. Okay. 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 It looks like you're carrying a gun in your back pocket. I'm stopping to make sure you're carrying it properly. You well, don't have, have you to... ensured that it's... Pause, pause. Pause. Okay, okay. Uh, okay. Um, yep. Jeff Bako, this is the problem with uh, people. They just read into things. Sevon is against Second Amendment. You heard it first here, folks. Uh, no, I'm totally, I'm totally fine with it. She says she wants to make sure he's carrying it properly. Yeah. You know, you notice how that my judgment changed because I was like, well, no, she technically didn't say it. And then we played the rest of the video and it played out exactly how it was supposed to for now hurt him to be detained lawfully. Right. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. Yep. My bad. No, you keep turning so I can't see it. You don't have to be a dick to me. Yeah, well, you're pause. One- you don't have to be a dick to me. And so he says you're being one to me, okay? And she was not being a dick to him. She was not being a dick to him. First of all, she's the fucking cop. That doesn't mean you bow down to her. That means she's working. Yeah. She's working the streets. Why can't you just give him or her just a little bit of fucking leniency and the fact that they're just doing their job and give them the benefit of the doubt that they're they're trying to keep the streets safe? What about this? Oh, uh, oh yes, yes, ma'am. I'm going to turn around slowly. It's just my walking cane. I appreciate you for keeping the streets safe. What about that? Much better outcome in that scenario. What about that? And thank you, man, for keeping the street safe. Can I get your phone number? You got a nice rack on you. <laughs> Probably not that black. I can see your rack through your bulletproof vest. <laughs> okay, let's go on. To me. No, sir, I'm that doing my job. Day. Am I detained? Yeah, you are. What's your name and date of birth? It doesn't not matter. Yes, sir, it does. Do you have a crime? Would you like me? Call your supervisor, He's please. right here. All right. Don't, you know. Where would you start before Okay, pause. So at this point, they could have easily have let him go. At this point, they could have easily let him go. Okay, it's a stick. They could have just let him go. Well, they still haven't searched him. So if there is some sort of somebody that called that witnessed him with the gun, even though they maybe uh, mistaken it in the back pocket, he could still have one. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, it does not look like a police state. Not not in the slightest. No, not, not even. I mean, he started off by being rude to her. Right okay. off the bat, he was confrontational, you know? Uh, Aaron Cairo is coming on, ladies and gentlemen. He is coming on. Oh, yeah. Good him him and Daniel Brandon are coming on. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Action. Okay. Hi there. Okay, pause. 
Sometimes these cop videos are taken out of context, but in this case, they literally just had arrested a guy. You dick fuck. We don't even know if he, they arrested him. You dumb shit, Matt Walsh. These officers need to be fired immediately. No excuse for this. Oh, really? They need to be fired because they pulled over a guy who was cantankerous. For all they know, they smell alcohol on his breath. Yeah. Really, they should be arrested themselves when there's a total clear-cut case of abuse of power. No, dude, you're fucking abusing your fucking power. And you're spending your, 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 spending your moral equity. Hmm. Hmm. I just tried that out for size. That's like good. this, we thank you. Like this, we need to make an example out of our offenders. Oh my God, this dude is this this dude has swung so far to the fucking. What 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 is wrong with Matt Walsh? Also, has the woman cop ever seen a gun before? And now he's just, now this oh, is that's just ridiculous. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's ridiculous. How in the world did she make a mistake as a walking stick for a firearm? You are a fucking ding dong. What kind of firearm did she think he was carrying? <laughs> he doesn't even have all the information that the that the officers have. How would he even? You know what I mean? Like there could be a whole whole context behind it. Somebody called, identified him, saw him earlier. He was acting irate. Like there's so much information that we don't have. Uh, putting handcuffs on on someone doesn't not mean arrest. I put plenty of people in handcuffs simply to make situations safe. Yeah, exactly. That's for officer safety until they could search him, figure out what's going on, and maybe let him calm down a little bit. Elise Car Riddell, Brandon, your wife doesn't count. Fair, fair. Uh, you guys in the comments. Poor old man just minding his own business and getting harassed by police. I don't see it that way. How do you? Hey, old do, man. and do you see that too? Do you see that too? That's how. That's how liberals think. By the way, that's how I was raised. Like, if you have a house cleaner, it's like, oh, that poor Mexican lady. <laughs> But this is because he's old. So Jeff puts the word poor in there. Poor old man. Like, like you're better. <laughs> like you're Jeff, you're you need to be on this show. I should pay you. You're so you just throw up the alley oops, alley oops. Also, too, if you go to the beginning, she started nicely. Hi there. Can I talk to you for a moment? Like she was there wasn't no there was no aggression on on her part. And then he made it confrontational immediately. Uh, this is a good comment. Acid roads, but cops didn't see anything wrong or suspicious happening in all of 2020 riots. <laughs> You're never going to please him. I think of you as a poor old man, too. Fair enough. <laughs> scroll down, scroll down just a little bit. Uh, the guy's actually legally blind, and that's his walking stick. Tampa, Florida, two deputies in Columbia County are under investigation after they arrested a blind man for carrying a walking stick they believed to be a gun. Body cam video showed the encounter between James Hodge and the two deputies on Halloween as they approached him on suspicion he was armed. Hodge said he was out walking earlier that morning to get to jury duty, but it was canceled. The Columbia County Sheriff's Office said it was aware of the incident and that the sheriff, Mark Hunter, was troubled after watching the video. The sheriff's office launched an administrative investigation into the incident on November 3rd. Oh, I would like to know what he was arrested for. Mm -hmm. Maybe priors. If police violations are sustained at the conclusion of that investigation, appropriate action will be taken. While we understand the frustration and the concern associated with this event, please know we are working to resolve this matter as quickly as possible. I mean, to uh, keep going. Keep, keep scrolling down. Fair enough. Way out, way out of line on the police officer's <laughs> part. And the guy had every right to be irritated and snarky. Not way out of line. And of course he had the right to be irritated and snarky. Of course he did. What the fuck does that have to do with anything? Yeah. 
when she realized it was just a walking stick and the other officer did as well, they should have, uh, it should have been the end of it. Okay, sir. We just wanted to make sure it wasn't a weapon. Thank you. Clarify. I agree. I agree. You could have stopped there. Lawsuit. Great. Good, good one, Deva. <laughs> I got put the American flag in there too. It's... <laughs> um, I saw this and hope he gets the justice he deserves. Like what? He fucking has to put his hand out and have it slapped with a ruler for talking to police officers that way. <laughs> Uh, cops like these make it hard for good cops out there. What? <laughs> they get a little carried away with it, huh? I just, it, it's, it's, it, I, I just don't know what Matt Walsh is doing. It's so disappointing. Sevon, did you work as the person recording the side effects of medicine for commercials? Talking at a speed I need to look. Oh, okay. Sorry. I settle down. <laughs> I, I get, I get wound up. I know that's a, that's a good observation. I appreciate, appreciate the feedback. I was actually thinking about trying to talk slower. Mm, I like the energy. I'm competing with Andrew Hiller. Uh, look at this. Um, look at number one on our live call-in notes. I, I watched this video like 10 times. I, I don't want to tell you that this video aroused me. <laughs> this is an old one, and it's like recently started repopulating again. Oh, you saw this before? I've seen this like a long time ago, but I just yeah. recently started seeing it again. I don't want to say I was aroused by it because that would be too far, but I, I it's fascinating to me. I mean, I, I, I'm moved by it somehow, maybe not in my pants directly, but I'm, I'm definitely moved by it. Okay. Here we, uh, what, what's the title of the, what's it say up at the top? Um, no, uh, can you scroll down in the comment? Okay. You know, you've made it when, okay, here we go. The Wonder Woman one is crazy. Here we go. Tonight the music seems oh, so see how she bit her lip right there? Maybe it's better this way. We hurt each other with the things we want to say. Oh, you better turn the music off. We're fucked. Okay, here we go. This this lip biting thing is that really a tell? When if Aaron Cairo comes on and I go, <laughs> I mean, I think it is. Look at like, it's more than just like a lip biting. That's that's a whole demeanor there. Like, Man, well, like Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman looks like she's about to explode. Look at her. Then she snaps out of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> get, get gather your shit. <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely flirtatious. So good. Uh, Aaron Cairo Braille is to skateboarding what Buttery Bros are to CrossFit, in my opinion. I'm a fan of both, but there are subsets of both communities that don't like their vanilla approach. Curious how Aaron feels. Well, maybe I should show you this then. Will you pull up Aaron Cairo's most recent post? Mm-hmm. Let's see what you think about this one, Mr. Jack Sutherland. I don't, I don't, um, I think he brings a lot of energy to it. And I, his goal is to, is, is for introduction to skateboarding. His goal is to make skateboarding the largest sport in the world, largest sport in the world. Uh, oh no, is that Braille or is that Aaron's? No, it's his. I think it's this one. 
Oh, okay. Maybe it is that this one. one okay, it's okay. like the audio overlay. Okay, yeah. Will you push play? Listen to yeah. this. This caught me so off guard. Listen to this. And you called me crazy. I started a business and you said it was stupid. And that business, it went under. And you said I told you so. So I started another one. And you said <laughs> some people just never learn. But that business took off. And now you are coming after me because of my privilege. But maybe you're right. Maybe I am privileged. Because if I was born with your attitude, I never would have made it either. I quit my job. And Let's hear Listen one more time. Let's listen one more time. I quit my job. Listen to this. And you called me crazy. I started a business and you said it was stupid. And that business, it went under. And you said I told you so. So I started another one. And you said <laughs> some people just never learn. But that business took off. And now you are coming after me because of my privilege. But maybe you're right. Maybe I am privileged. Because if I was born with your attitude, I never would have made it either. Uh, there's nothing vanilla about that at all. I'm dying, Sevy. I'm dying. Damn, Sevy, get out from under your rock. <laughs> is he referring to maybe like a, li a live show oh no or maybe um because of the lip bite because i didn't i didn't know the lip bite meant uh yeah you're probably correct wonder woman is so hot yeah she, it, 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 it really she really is out of control uh here we uh, kenneth the lab women are so powerful if i bite my lip people think i'm about to fart uh, yeah women are so it's so uh it's crazy uh yeah that is dope right that is dope yeah who is he talking to hmm. yeah who is he talking to it's a great question i didn't expect to see that on his feed at all at all what time are you leaving seven uh Number two, freedom of speech. We'll just go through a little bit of the live call and show while we wait for Mr. Uh, Aaron to show up. No, no, no hate on Aaron. He gave me plenty and plenty and plenty of, uh, of warning. Uh, Jason Whitlock, you all think they're silencing Kyrie over a tweet about a boring, confusing documentary. Kyrie is being silenced to let all the other bought and paid for Negroes know they are not allowed to think for themselves. Sharing Alex Jones and refusing the vax are the real problem. And and this is just the lack of freedom of speech. It's it's we have to stop. We have to we have to we have to we have to let people talk. You think Elon's gonna do it? Uh did you see they asked Biden about that today if Elon needs investigating. Really? What yeah. is that? What did he did he even know what the answer or the question was? He actually it? answered it. He said it needs to be looked at. I'm not saying it needs to be investigated. It needs to be looked at. So uh, number four, deadlifting. Look at this one. These are three deadlifts I saw pop into my feed this week. I would like to share them all with you. The final one we're going to see is a uh, listener of the show, watcher of the show, 
uh, and, and I would consider him a friend. Okay, this one's called Pool It No Matter What. Do we need volume for these, or is it going to be music that'll... I don't know. No, I, either way. Sure. I, I don't know. Okay, roger that. If it plays know. music, I'll go... Deadlifting 135. That's amazing, right? I've seen a lot of weird deadlifting shit. I've never seen anyone spit like that. Yeah, she's definitely throwing up there. I don't know if that that's a little more than spit. <laughs> uh, how incredible is it that Fetterman won Pennsylvania? Hey, I read in the comments it's, it, it only makes common sense. So if you have common sense, Bruce, then you would understand that. Number two deadlift. Number two. Number two. Here we go. Oh, shit. I opened a text I didn't want to open. Thoughts? Yeah, that's a little aggressive there. I think they were that was a weird joke or something. I don't know. That's a good way to like tweak your back. So that's a trap. I've never seen that by the way. That's a trap bar that's like on like a Smith Machine style track. Have you ever seen that? No, I haven't. I've, I've never ever seen that. Yeah, it's like a why? Just so you never learn how to deadlift properly? Uh the appropriate way to use a trap bar. All right. <laughs> Let's watch one more time. Can we get audio again? Yeah. Oh, the dude's help him lift it. I didn't even notice that the first time. <laughs> Let's hear what the guy says. Hold on. Keep it going. I want to hear what the dad says. <laughs> oh. oh, it's Russian training. All right, now it makes sense. I was going to say, it all makes sense now. <laughs> Mason Mitchell, some special people out there. Yeah, this is this is a trap bar plus Smith, Smith machine equals retarded. The uh, Sorry, the R word. Uh, bring up Brian Shaw's latest YouTube video, 37. We need your opinion on what they what they are lifting. Okay, hold on. Let's, well, let's, let's watch this last deadlift in this. Uh, and, this and this is our own Jeffrey Birchfield. I think like he's a neurobiology professor at some college and crossfitter uh, five hundred sorry we can't do the cool music five hundred pounds this is savage oh wait a second wait let's watch that again let's watch that again he's pretty pumped let's watch that again okay it was like a skip, like almost yeah. like it wasn't real. <laughs> like it wasn't real. I'm going to have to fact check this. I have to fact check this. Did you see how like it missed? And yeah, it, like, well, you was... see it's, it's doing it right now. That's not my computer. That's the edit on the clip. Oh, no, Jeff. Jeff, we're going to need Oh, the no, Jeff. Jeff, we're going to need No rep. <laughs> no rep. No rep. Fake. Yes. Fake as shit. Oh my God, Jeff. Oh shit. Oh, we're going to need the raw oh. footage. 
Oh my goodness. Upload oh it. Goodness. I'm gonna sit the YouTube and send us the link. Uh you all see Thor drop seven hundred pounds on himself back squatting? Oh. No. Uh Seven, I will send you the video. Ah, there he is. <laughs> send it to me. <laughs> send it to me. And then I'm going to send it over to my lab at Hillerfit for uh, authentication. What's that called? The one police they, forensics for forensics. Forensics to get it verified. Kenneth, don't talk shit about Jeff. Too late. Too late. Too late. You're three minutes too late. Oh my goodness, <laughs> Jeffrey, send that shit over. My goodness. Uh, hey, and Jeff, whoever edited that for you, just fucking gut punch them. Just be like, just walk up and oh, it's just a, it's on YouTube. Yeah, I agree, Bryce. The bar teleported until proven otherwise. And for all I know, there were some <laughs> he had some people lifting it on the ends. Couldn't like see it. in that little section. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh uh yeah. Yeah, Jeffrey's good at making fucking uh fake videos, deadlifting videos. That's what he's good at. <laughs> Reminds me of that dude that did one round of that thruster double under and then looped it. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> Elise Carradow, Sevon, let's see you deadlift 500 pounds. Okay, well, if, let me frame it like that and t- invite over a couple of my buddies. And I'll, and you know what? I'm going to do 505. How about that? <laughs> Look at all these fucking lovers of Jeffrey Birchfield coming to his defense. That's awesome. Jody Lynn, Jeffrey's awesome. Great lift. Yep, all everybody. Good stuff, Jeffrey. Casavion Joiner. Okay. Uh, uh, oh, here we go. Uh, waiting on Sevon's 100-pound dumbbell snatch. Oh, hey, I, go. I got my shield up. You keep those rocks. Keep throwing those rocks. <laughs> we got the 70 on the way. It's only a matter of time. Yeah, I did order a 70. It's on the way. Uh, Magnus the way. Holmgren, 3812. Sorry for saying the wrong time stamp on the Brian Shaw video. No problem. Uh, can someone just... So put the link in the chat and we'll grab it play it for everyone or let me see what, what is the most recent video and what exactly are we yeah do i just type in uh brian brian shaw youtube, shaw YouTube? yeah uh shaw strength shaw strength uh the grip gauntlet no kicked out of planet fitness with juji mufu oh that's three years ago hold on <laughs> what are you on the popular ones or something uh, seven hours ago, is Juji's Fumafu's grip better than mine? Yeah, is that the episode? Is that the one? Oh, he said he timestamped it in the link. What happened? What link? Timestamped. Oh. Oh, if you send it to my Instagram, there's no fucking way. What, what's the time code? I'm going there now. Uh, 3812. Just okay, drop it I'm in a, the chat. I'm 3805. He said, yeah, it was that one, 3812. Okay, here we go. I got it. You got it? Yep, I got it. Bam. Here we go. Oh, that's fair. That's fair, yeah. How much is that? 230 pounds? What do you say? Yeah, that's crazy. You don't want to pause it, though. It's It's going a little long. There you go. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. That is crazy. Is that what you were talking about? Mag Magnus? I feel like that would instantly like strain my forearm and it wouldn't move. It wouldn't move. And I would strain my forearm. <laughs> yeah. Uh Sevon, you going you getting Mike 
Penta on the affiliate series. Uh, send me his Instagram and my DMs, and I'll peep him. I'll peep him. Jeff Baco, I saw Brian Sean in an airport once. Mm. Which airport? My kids. Um, Does he get two seats, you think? He makes Juji look like Sevon to normal people. <laughs> Fair. I'll take that as a compliment. Has he got the choir boys as his uh, icon there? Did you see that icon? Uh, who? who uh, oh, Johan Lopez? Yeah. Oh, oh, no, no. Those are. Oh, I think that's like some sort of military academy. He was probably a bad kid. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, he was in town for Strongman event. I did. I did. I did. I did. I saw Brian Shaw step on an uh step on an airport once. Fair. Okay. Back to my back to my oh I gotta stop yeah, this did, before I <laughs> I I had you. I was watching it. Uh, I had it. Okay, we, we solved the riddle uh with Jeffrey Birchfield's deadlift. I'm glad we got to the bottom of that. Um <laughs> Let's look at, oh, hmm. I wanted to tell you guys a story. <sighs> I don't know. I'm not really fired up enough to tell it. It kind of, I, I, I thought of it the other day. So someone sent me, so someone sent me a link to this YouTube video that I made of, um, Greg, many, many, many years ago. And I, and, I, and I don't know if I'd ever told the story. And I told someone the story, and they're like, have you ever told that story before? And I'm like, no. Here comes the Glassman reference. <laughs> oh, <fucking laughs> Jeff, I saw that pop up when you said that, too. I was like. <laughs> Three, two, one. So, so basically what happened, it was 2000. Uh, I think it was 2010. Two, so 2009, I went and made this movie called Desert Runners. And it was going to require me to be gone for two weeks every single quarter. Hey, should we tell Aaron to reschedule? Um, you. I mean, he still might. Uh, yeah, it's been 30 minutes. But he said it was going to take a little bit longer. Because then it's going to be a really long show for me. Okay. Want me to text him? Yeah. Do you think it's rude? I don't want to be rude. I don't know. I just would hate if he's like trying to jam home and he's like almost there, you know, and we're like, hey, let's reschedule Okay, let, I'm gonna like see if I can, I'm gonna see if I can I'm gonna see if I can what if I just call him? Yeah, why not? What if I just call him? FaceTime him, just go all in on it. Let me see. <laughs> Let me see. I was looking up desert runners. I wonder if anybody's seen our house yet. You guys should definitely watch that. Oh. It hung up. I'll call him again. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> You gonna tell me he's live? Aaron. Hello? Hi. Hey. I got yeah. some yeah, I got this is Sevon. Hey. I got something I want to ask you. We're live on the yeah. air, by the way. <laughs> I am so excited to have you on. I've 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 got pages and pages of notes. And now I'm nervous that if I have you on now, I won't get to pick that wonderful brain of yours and go deep with you because we're rushed. But I don't want to lose you because you're such an epic get. So if we moved it to next week, would that be a dumb move? Could you give advise me? Give me some advises. Oh, you're cutting out there. Darn it. Uh, Damn it. Here, let me let me call you right back. I just got home. 
Okay. Uh, Bye. Well, if he just got home, maybe he's going to jump on. I know, but 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 have here's the thing. Switched, I'm going to have to pee in fucking 60 minutes. <laughs> Hit the commercial now. Yeah. So, so it was a 2010 CrossFit game. So in 2009, uh, and at the end of 2009, I was basically going to go – I wanted to shoot these, this movie called Desert Runners, and I was actually going to direct it and shoot it. And I had to go to the Ford – gnarliest deserts on the planet it was the atacama in chile it was antarctica was the coldest desert atacama was the driest um i went to the sahara and i went to the gobi in china yeah there's the movie and i asked them and i asked um uh, tony budding who was the media director at the time and and, uh, if i could do that and he said uh I, i can't remember what he said i can't remember what he said and my turnout was amazing. I had this thing where I turned in a video basically every single day. The consumption of content that was needed to keep CrossFit. Oh, look, there I am. That's you right there, yeah. Yeah, that's, and that's in the Sahara. That's in Egypt. Just that's a cool. Cute, cute little boy in my 30s. <laughs> and so I um, – they said I could I, – I think that they said I could do it. And then like two months later, I got uh, a note from uh, Lauren Glassman and Tony saying they wanted to meet me in Prescott, Arizona to have a talk. And I went out there and um, actually it was just from Lauren. Lauren said, Hey, will you come out here and talk to me? And I said, sure. And when I got to the airport, Tony was on my flight. I was like, Oh, this is weird. Mm -hmm. And then we drove from the airport together to Lauren's house. And basically they fired me. They said, Hey, you're no longer an employee of CrossFit. You, you are um, now a, um, a contractor. I did not say a word. They're like, are you going to say anything, Sevon? And I just went quiet. I didn't. Oh, here we go. Aaron. Hi. So what was your question? So my question is this. I'm really excited to talk to you. I've done a ton of research. I want to pick that wonderful brain of yours, and I want to get get deep about skateboarding, about life, about passion. And I'm thinking that, and my show is live, so I'm 37 minutes into it now. And I'm afraid if you come on, I'm afraid if you come on now, I won't get enough time with you. But you're such a good get that I don't want to drop the ball. Well, the flight got delayed until 11 p.m. Okay. So we have time. Okay. Would, would let, let me say, let me, dare I say, is rescheduling, would that just be stupid? Yeah, I think so. Okay, think perfect. Here comes the link. Stuff. Fuck that idea. Cross that off the list. <laughs> we'll see you in three minutes. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> it's off to a great start. You want to go pee now? Yeah. You want to run the commercial? Yeah, run the commercial. yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't even have to want to do CrossFit. You don't have to want to be a coach. You don't have to want to be a trainer. If you just want the operating manual to your body, it's not just Forging Elite Fitness. It's the operating manual to the human genome. You'll take this CrossFit Level 1 seminar and you will walk away inspired. From the second you leave, your entire life will change. You will make significant changes to your life because you are excited. You will, you will start tweaking with your diet. You'll start tweaking with your movement. You'll start tweaking with who you hang out with. Everything will take a shift. For some people, it'll be massive. For some people, it'll be a little bit. No matter what, you'll move towards a better life. Everyone is going to sense it in you that you are more accountable, 
more personally responsible, happier, more helpful, more, more thoughtful human being. And you'll be nicer to look at. You might talk too much shit about CrossFit, but... Dude, why didn't you tell me to get a haircut? <laughs> hey, my hair is getting kind of long, too. Uh, we have a, a new commercial coming out. Yeah, that's what I was going to address those comments and say, don't you worry, guys. Don't you worry. Why? Was someone saying that? No, someone's like, can we get another commercial? Can we do a second one? Or... Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. We got them on deck, son. Commercials for days. I, I You'll start tweaking sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I meant twerking. I meant twerking. Thank you. Allison knows. Uh, I fell asleep to the show last night, round two. Here we go. Yeah, that's good. A whisper. A whisper. <laughs> so, so basically what happened was I, I went out there. They basically let me go. And I, I, my, my output was fucking insane at that point. Like I, like I was, I was making probably 50% of the content that was on .com. It was just fucking nuts. I don't know. Someone can go back and look. So they fired me and they told me that they would pay me per video. So over the next year, I went and did those four two-week shoots in those countries making that movie Desert Runners. And I turned in enough videos at .com at the rate they were paying me to make $320,000. I want to say that was 2000 just living at home with my mom, you know? Yeah. Just fucking incredible. Didn't yeah. Do the math on that one, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that year at the games, they, they were paying me $250 a video to turn in. And I remember when I had turned in like 27 videos, I called uh, Leaf. That was the guy that did the publishing on the front end. And I said, Hey, dude, I've turned in 27 videos. We're only halfway through the week. Do you guys still want me to keep churning them out? He goes, Let me check with Tony. And he said, Yeah. At that point, I made another, I don't know, 27 videos, 2010 CrossFit Games were over. I think it was, this was 2010, by the way. It could, could have been 11, but, but it was definitely in Carson. And the, the, when the games were over, Tony said, how much do we owe you? And I said, you know, whatever, 64 times 250. And he wrote me this crazy fucking email back with, with someone else CC'd on it, telling me, don't be a fucking smart ass with me. I can do the fucking math. You just know it's completely inappropriate for us to pay you that much. And I wrote back to him like, hey, dude, I asked you guys if you wanted me to still make content. It's only $250 a video. I fucking crushed it. Like, blah, blah, blah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I decided I'm going to go. At this point, I, I know Greg, but I'm not like I'm not super close with him. So I, I go out to visit Greg. I'm like, I need, I need to talk. To, I need just to talk to the owner of the company and talk to Greg. And I go out to Greg's house. And at that time, him and Lauren were going through a divorce. So she had moved into a house a couple blocks away. Mm. And I, I went and visited Greg and we hung out for a day. And I said, hey, can I just stay here for 30 days and make a short documentary about you? And he said, absolutely. And, 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 and I got paid my money and, eventually, and then I got fucking hired back. And it was all... It's all downhill from there. Look, I'm like an old man itching my ear. So but, did Greg disapprove it afterwards? Like, did, yeah, 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 yeah. He, I, he like, approved oh, yeah, it. He bought yeah. me a new computer. He, he <laughs> got me a twelve pack of beer. He got me everything. Savage. Like, yeah, it was it was it was insane. But that's awesome. Um, yeah, that was a that was a fat that was a fascinating time. And that and so someone sent me that that documentary is in the journal somewhere or on YouTube somewhere. Did they send you the link? Can you send it to me? I want to watch it. I do not believe it. <laughs> oh, Jeff. 
<laughs> oh, Jeff. I thought it was a great story. Did um, we send uh, Aaron yeah, the link? Yeah, it's funny. Just, I, I was just thinking the same thing, but it's here in my inbox, and I CC'd you on it, too. Um, I'm just going to text it to him as well. Okay, and be like, hey, I, I emailed it to you. Yeah. Oh, you did? You FaceTimed it? On accident. <laughs> I'm too old to FaceTime. Seven, what are you doing Friday and Saturday? What am I doing? Oh, I'm doing Zello games on Saturday. Is tomorrow Friday? No, tomorrow Thursday. So, so we have Jason Grubb on tomorrow morning. Yep. And then, and then the rest of the live call-in show. Yep. Jeff is Greg. Holy shit! <laughs> Holy shit! You're How's freaking, that for a plot twist? You're freaking me out. You're freaking me out. Uh, live chat for Zelos games. Yeah, I, I assume. It was funny. People were liking the fact that we like called and like uh, they just saw the whole thing. And I'm like, okay, do I run the commercial? Go peanut like that whole thing. And I was thinking to myself, buckle up for this weekend, guys. If you enjoyed that, you're going to see the whole production unfold right in front of you just like that. Oh, it's going to be so wild. Yeah. I'm trying to schedule a show with uh, Tyler Watkins, Mike Halpin, and uh, John Young and Brian Friend. I guess the games released some some new shit about how they're going to pick people to go to the games and the boys have their fucking panties in a twist. They, they've, they're like, Hey, this might not be good at what they've done. So I can't wait to dig into it. I'd love to see them all riled up. I think, um, 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 Bob Eubanks and Adrian went on with chase Ingram and Bob Eubanks, Dave Eubanks, whatever. <laughs> Bob, is Bob Eubanks the host of some show? Price yeah, is right. Is he Price yeah, is right? Yeah, I think it's something like that. Uh, Mr. Like Spin, that. friend was pissed. Oh. And um, nice chair in the commercial, Sevon. Is that the one your mom stained and rebuilt? Oh, quiet. quiet. <laughs> My mom's more can do has more man skills than me. That's funny. Uh, my mom respawned sanded and restained all my shit anyway so the, i guess the talking elite fitness guys also had um bob eubanks on dave eubanks on and so i i, I want to listen to all that uh before i um before i'm we do the show so maybe i have to stay up late tonight because i want to have those guys on tomorrow tomorrow evening <laughs> can you hear me i can i can hear you okay why isn't my camera working though what's happening oh you have a nice microphone aaron yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah, you're killing it, buddy. I can just tell. Um, let's see. It was working so good. Yeah, go to the settings it should utility. give you should give you the options there. Look at that exclamation a mark he has in front of his camera. It's so daunting. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Cairo. Two thousand five. Hmm. In 2005, make sure he published his first video to YouTube. Oh, 2005. That's 2005. Awesome. I thought it was 2006. It was a Hail Mary. Don't, don't ruin my story, Aaron. 2005. <laughs> it was a Hail Mary pass. He had just lost his sponsors. In one last, last desperate look up to the heavens, he put a video on YouTube. With a bunch of bunch of vintage skateboarding shots. Hey. hey, 
Oh, shit. And it's frozen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye. Awesome. We're getting close, though. Kenneth DeLapp, uh, 2005. Good year. I was a sophomore year in high school. Wow. Wow, Kenneth. Jeff, yeah, I know. That's what, what I was thinking. Jeff just got out of jail. <laughs> Jeff just served the nickel. <laughs> uh, Aaron Cairo's got the Mississippi internet. No, this this dude's in Silicon Valley. This guy's just right up the street from me. He's got the good shit. They pipe it yeah. in straight from internet heaven. He got the good shit. We're so close to the cloud. Yeah, he, yeah, he he lives under the cloud. <laughs> Literally. Uh, 2005 puts this video on YouTube after losing his sponsors as kind of like a last-ditch effort contemplating retirement, which is better than suicide. Retirement as a professional skateboarder. Always a better option. And you guys have to understand what YouTube was like in 2005. Like, if you got 500 views, it was nuts. Yeah, cat videos galore. Yeah, you couldn't believe that someone was looking at your stuff. And this video became the most popular skate. Okay, fuck this show. <laughs> no, it's good. I still listen to the story. It's still relevant. Oh, my goodness. Need to hear it. It was like I was in the middle of a blowjob and our parents came home and he ran out of the room and I just felt this cock full. Is that, the, is like, that the garage opening? Yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, my God. Jeff Baco, this production quality never disappoints. I, I hope Jeff – here's what I think. I think Jeff has a bottle of booze. No, no, he's a, re, he's a recovering alcoholic. He's an AA. But he's got a pack of cigarettes he's, or something. And like a, a, a box of um uh um uh, what goldfish, a cigarette, a box of goldfish, and a tall <laughs> glass of Seven Up with ice in it. That's what I, I picture. Do you see it? Like the yeah, real big yeah, box, yeah. like the yeah. carton. And then he has to have a two liter of Sprite because if he's got ice in it, you know he poured it from the fridge into its own glass. It's not yes. even canned. Yes, he's yes. like a two liter buyer. Oh, I'm the drunk one, not Jeff. All right. <laughs> You know my buddy Mendoza that you met? Yes, yes. Yeah, we always joke about it. And we were like, man, if we would have got on the like vlogging or just following him around, number one, we guaranteed that he wouldn't have like lived through senior year of high school and like oh, on. But we were like, that show would have just blown up. Like if just a couple of us just followed him out the camera. I used to make and take skate videos of my buddies and I would compile them for sponsor me's. And then I would oh. go to the local skate shops and I would get them sponsored because I was never the best skater. I wasn't the worst, but I wasn't like the best. But a couple of the guys I skated with that still skate to this day were like incredible, right? Like just that next tier level. And that that Mendoza guy was kind of big to be a great skater, wasn't no, he? No, he wasn't a good skateboarder. He oh. just would have been drunken entities. That's all his oh, would have been. Right. One time he was eating a piece of pizza and we were in Santa Barbara. And you know this because you like this. There. And we were on the cliff and it was at Halloween. And I don't know how crazy Halloween was when you were there, but it was just crazy. nuts on all this crazy. stuff. I mean, it's just the streets just nuts, right? Crazy. And he's walking and he's walking with a bunch of girls and stuff. And we're going down the by the hill cliff and he just falls off the side of a cliff. Oh, people died like that every year. Then. Yeah. And everybody's and all these girls start screaming and everything's nuts. And then he just like claws his way back up <laughs> and is like, fine. It's insane. Aaron, you're much more handsome on your Instagram. <laughs> Say again. You're much more handsome on your Instagram. 
Oh yeah, thanks. <laughs> Why does this not work all of a sudden? It's so weird. Okay, one more thing, and then and then we'll just use the regular, not the good camera. Oh, oh, oh! Uh, good, good on you. Wow, I'm impressed. He's using the what's that piece of equipment called? I should set mine up too. Where's my? I think did did we use that once when we were in Newport doing a podcast, Sousa? That it's that link cam link. He's using his cam link. Oh yeah. So you'd use like a nicer camera to stream it. Aaron's looking for that shallower depth of field. <laughs> Yeah, I set this whole thing and it looks so good. And I used it in an earlier podcast. And this is what it is. E the exact same camera, but a different, like the same model, but a different actual camera. And it just doesn't want to. Oh, you know what it is? There's something in the menu that you have to. Is it a Sony? What kind of camera is it, Aaron? No, nah, it's a Canon. There's probably something in the menu that you have to go into. Canon and EOS that you Rebel want. T8i. Okay, there's something in the menu you have to go to and tell it you want it to um, um, uh, shell out its its data um, through HDMI. There's going to be a menu, menu from StreamYard? No, in the menu of the camera, the camera settings. Yeah. Mm. At least in the Sony's, you have to do that. You have to tell it to, hey, talk to the HDMI, and then that, and then then it knows to send that image to the computer or else, or else it'll just send it to the okay, back the screen you have on the back. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. And the camera talk begins. I think, I think uh, Aaron might be quite the um, camera buff too. Yeah. I did not use these, but this one is being tricky. Have you thought about switching to Sony? <laughs> I think it's better for video to be honest not better for stills but on which one the Sony have you ever thought about switching to Sony Somebody's calling it. oh yeah we use Sony's we usually shoot with Sony your mic sounds incredible though yeah his mic's great yeah Okay, everyone, 20 burpees while we wait for Aaron to uh, show his face. Well, just to conclude that story. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good, man. Take your time. So Mendoza crawls back up the hill and is sitting in this lawn chair trying to gather himself after he fell off the cliff. Yeah. And there was like these two dogs that kept just like hanging out by him. And we were like, why are these dogs hanging out by Mendoza? And as he comes, hey, there he is. Why were the dogs hanging out by him? Okay. I don't know if you want me to finish or not. So the dogs are hanging out, and then he kind of like comes to a little bit, and he's like halfway asleep, whatever, fell off the cliff. And then he reaches into his pocket, and he realized he had a whole entire slice of pizza still in there. Oh, the wow. That he was left at. And then he just turns and looks, and then just starts eating the pizza. Falls off the cliff and puts the piece of pizza in his pocket. Yeah, we just thought he was the dog whisperer, but turned out he just had a piece of pizza in the pocket. And glad we got it working. Oh, I think his internet connection is fucked because he was sounding like a robot a little bit and now he's frozen in one position. Mm. Destiny. <laughs> uh, Kenneth DeLapp, 300 episodes. Sevon would be flipping out. Look how chilly is. Oozing confidence. Well, thank you. A fancy camera thing and still looks like a Sony phone from the late 90s. I don't think he's using the fancy. Oh, we're back. We got movement. 
Daniel Garrity, Sevon is a legend. This is a shit show, but we can't turn it off. Thank you. <laughs> I love you too. Uh, Aaron Cairo needs to upgrade to a 2400 baud modem. Wow. Wow. I think I had one of those. I never got used, but I think I had one of those. God, that's old school, Jeffrey. <laughs> Spiegel, get out of here. <laughs> don't you do that to us <laughs> oh my goodness douchebag come on spiegel oh my goodness i can't this guy's so freaking cool i can't i can't hang up you heard it i called him and he's like yeah don't reschedule you're lucky, you're lucky. You i saw you i saw your youtube guys. channel you're lucky you're lucky <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, oh my god. Oh wait, you know what I found the other day that we had just talked about relatively recently? Tell me. My stuff my Starbucks apron. Oh wow. Hey, that could be a good prop someday. Yeah. Yeah. When we would yeah. bring in the eggnog, we would wear the goggles. When we would be at the steam bar and every now and then someone would come and laugh and they would like kind of look at you and they'd be like, why are you wearing the goggles? And we'd be like, ma'am, there was nothing, nothing funny about a retina burn. And they would be like, what? Look at he, even, even Miss Medeiros is fucking getting in the throwing, throwing rocks at us. Drive to Boise, <laughs> nothing but time. Oh, maybe she's driving to Boise. Yeah, yeah, she is. She is. Oh. Okay, here we go. In connection. Fair enough. We're just going <laughs> to use this camera. Success. That's fine. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. No, thank you. Hey, where are you? Is that, is that, are you, where are you? I'm at home in Oakland, California. And is that, uh, um, that's, that's your, uh, going to be your podcasting room right there? Yeah, I've been trying to set this up. That's why I was like, I should do a couple podcasts and do the reverse flow of the podcast so that when I start a podcast, that's why I'm like, I got to get my camera working. What's happening with this thing? So right. that now this is just like the from the computer, which is terrible, but whatever. It's what I use. I'm six hundred okay. I'm six hundred shows in. Maybe I maybe I'll take that as advice right right off the bat from you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have like five hundred cameras, right? Um, so I hooked this up because I looked online and they said, Yeah, you just connect a cable, it goes into the computer. And it's so weird because the other one just worked no problem. T8i, same exact camera. Um, but then they were like, oh, we want this camera to shoot at with blah, blah, blah. So then I took it back. I swear this thing probably hasn't been used in five years. And then I started using it. Then they're like, oh, we need to use that. <laughs> and and then, so then, then I grabbed the other one, same exact model. But for some reason, it just doesn't want to work. You said you used that other one before? The Yeah. How long yeah. was that show that you did? Hours. Oh, interesting. Because the Sony one it had like a one hour time limit and it would always turn off. So I'm like, okay, until I crack the code on that, I'm not messing with that. It will do that. Like if you're recording, I think this one has a 30 minute record limit. But the way that we did with that one, it wasn't a live show. So okay. I was like recording my audio on GarageBand and then I just sent it to the person who was doing the podcast. Oh, cool. Totally wow. different. Yeah. But then, yeah, sometimes I'd have to stop and start the camera, but. Happy birthday. You turned 39 in September. Yeah, thanks. You're well, uh-oh. What? I don't know. Just the way you said, yeah, thanks. Like I said, <laughs> I like, yeah, 39? Yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, it's good. 39. I keep I think about it a lot. I was just thinking about it earlier. I was like, I'm going to be 40. I was thinking I need to like make a big video part for 40. Film oh, something. Over 5 million subscribers on YouTube with the goal of becoming the greatest spreader. The purpose of Braille is to make uh, new skateboarders. Yes. It, 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 and, and, and push skateboarding all over the world. You, you had it to be your goal to introduce skateboarding to more people than anyone else on the planet. And, and, I, and I, like, I think you've done it. Yeah. The goal very specifically is even more specific than that. It's to make skateboarding the biggest sport in the world, which might literally be an impossible task. But I feel like you have to sort of set the goal into an impossible task. Yeah, because you know, starting the YouTube channel is like, okay, let's hit the biggest YouTube channel. Okay, we did that. Then it was like, ah, oh, it's kind of a bummer, you know. It's it's all these like inspirational quotes. It's like, enjoy the journey, and it's not the destination. Because once you hit the goal, you're kind of like, oh, what do we do now? <laughs> it's so true, though. You really gotta make a bigger goal, bigger goal. But yeah, soccer is the biggest sport in the world. Okay, just for reference. And it's massive. And if you look at where skateboarding is and the number of sports, it's very, very, very small. Like I think pickleball and like badminton um, is bigger. Dude, pickleball is like everywhere now. They're like shutting down tennis courts to put pickleball courts. What is going on? I don't know. I just randomly saw we were skateboarding in Berkeley and there was all these people playing pickleball. And and then, uh, yeah, the world is an interesting place (laughs) for sure. When when I think of skateboarding, I think of it as uh, when, as sports. I think of it um, it's tantamount to what physics is to studying and what the violin is to music. It is it is a incredibly steep learning curve. It yeah. in, it is incredibly uh, difficult. There's um, how do you do you see it like that? Is that accurate? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I think that that is the biggest thing why skateboarding hasn't grown. I I think there's like several factors and I have like this broad scale like thing because you look at other things like soccer or basketball or football, like first of all, they're part of the school system. So they're part of like an already existing structure. And so people go into school and then they're asked, like when I went to school, went to public high school, I was asked, do you want to play basketball or football? You have like options, right? Skateboarding is not an option. It makes me wonder what if it was? Right, right. What if every skate park, what if every school had a skate park and a skateboarding program? And I just think these things are so interesting to me because the skateboard industry is very, you know, well, first of all, people always like, the skateboard industry hates you, Aaron. You know, I get things like that. And then I kind of go, well, who is the skateboard industry? Because I thought it was just a bunch of kids riding skateboards. And I is that, I, I've never heard anything like that. Is that really true? There's, there's, that's a thought out there that the industry would hate you because you're pushing people onto skateboards. Yes. (laughs) There is that kind of, there is kind of a funny, it's a very interesting. Yeah. It's just a very interesting scenario. Like how do I describe it? Um, You know, there's like this called like core skateboarding, right? Like, okay. So you were telling a little bit of my story um, when I put my video on YouTube and that blew up. So I moved to San Francisco to be a professional skateboarder. And a, being a professional skateboarder means there's a very specific set of rules. And there's a very exact way that you are to do this. 
you have a mini video parts, you have photos in magazines. There's a very like, there's, there's no written rules, but they're all on written rules. And they, the companies that sort of run the industry, which would, I guess, make up what they're quote unquote, like the skateboard industry, but it's kind of hard to pin like, who's the skateboard industry, who's making the decisions kind of thing. Right. Um, and then when the internet came along, that sort of changed everything. The internet changed the whole world. And I always use the example of like blockbuster, not that the skateboard industry as it is, the core industry is like going down or going anywhere or going badly. Um, but blockbuster was this big, you know, you would have never, you know, Friday night, you're going to blockbuster now I'm really aging myself, right? No, I remember that. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. You could pick out one movie, Sevon. Aaron, you get two. You yeah. got an A. It yeah. had that distinct smell. Yeah. 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 And I think there's even like a story where like maybe Netflix pitched Blockbuster and was like, you should stream movies. And they were yeah, like, that will never happen. Yeah. And they offered to, to sell to them too. Offered to sell it. to them. That's yeah. right. And then where's Blockbuster now? <laughs> Friday night's coming up. I want to go to Blockbuster, right? It's just... I'm just making the point that like the internet threw a lot of change into things. And because I grew on the internet and built a, built a company on the internet, I'm sort of looked at as like went an alternate direction from other very established paths. Let's just put it that way. And the people that are running those very established paths may or may not agree with the way that I do things. In fact, sometimes I like to look at the established path and go, what are they doing? They're going right. Sweet. I'm going left. You think you're a contrarian at heart? What does that mean? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, the, the, exactly what you said. Like when someone says no, you're like, you know, if someone says don't look, you look. Someone says, yeah, no. I think so. Sometimes I use it as like a little, you know, skateboarding is also very mental. And it's not that I'm into this thing of like, oh, I want to like, make somebody wrong or feel a certain way or anything like that. It's just that like, I don't know. It's just kind of like a, I don't know. It's a funny thing, but sometimes I'll be trying a trick and I'll be struggling with it or I can't land it or I want to make myself land it. And my friends will be like, Aaron, you can do it. You can do it. And then I'll be like, okay, tell me I can't do it. (laughs) And then they say, Aaron, you can't land this. And then I will. Right. And it's just kind of like a funny thing, but yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I tried. I tried. I also think that people think that I like hate the skateboard industry or whatever. I love skateboarding, all parts of it. Love the skateboard industry. Any company, all the rad skaters, everybody doing awesome tricks. I love it. And that's what was, I was one of those kids trying to come up in that arena. And then I failed coming up in that arena. And then I just went, oh, there's a path. Let me can take that path, you know? It's that uh, famous quote on the wall of the schools, the path less taken, right? Less taken. The road path. less traveled. Yep. Yeah. The you, road less traveled. There you go. And you talk about that in your TEDx video, that there was a, there was a, a, a something written on your high school wall saying, take the path, le- path less traveled. And the second you're like, hey, I'm going to take the path less traveled. Everyone's like, are you fucking crazy? Yeah. They said, don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. When I told my wife, my wife, I tell this story in every interview, I swear. When I told my wife, I'm going to quit my valet job. I was working valet parking cars. I'm going to quit my valet job and go in on this YouTube thing. She had like a very serious two hour. Never do that. That is the worst idea you could possibly imagine. 
Um, where did you meet your wife? I met her at a party, Halloween party. And you're still with her? Still with her, yeah. We've been married for 12 years. Wow. Um, 12 years ago, you were parking... Wait, 12 years ago, you were parking cars? Yes. Well, let me see. Now, we've been actually married 12 years. We've been together 15, so 15 years ago, 15, 14 years ago, I was parking cars. Where were you parking them? Um, at this downtown restaurant in San Francisco. Um, I forget the name of it right now. Oh, Wayfair Tavern. Shout out Wayfair Tavern. Pier, so is that Pier good. 39 down there? No, it's on um, Sacramento Street. Okay. Sac it's like near Sacramento and uh, what's the name of it? Montgomery. It's, it's, I have a really funny story about that also. Please. It's, um, I'm going to, I'm terrible with names. And I'm I park gonna... cars at the Doubletree in Walnut Creek, California. There's oh, really? A, I don't think it's a Doubletree anymore, but there was a hotel there on Main Street. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's this actual celebrity chef who runs this restaurant and he's super the restaurant is amazing if you ever get the chance go to wayfair tavern super good restaurant and um yeah i'm at this i have to park the cars and then i open the door for everybody coming into the restaurant so i have this celebrity chef and every time he comes in i'll park his car and and i'll open the door for him and then a couple years go by and you know my youtube channel is doing well I quit the valet job and I'm just doing YouTube full time. And then I'm at, um, I'm at, his name is Tyler Florence. Tyler Florence. Shout out Tyler Florence. Super good dude. And then I'm at um, my booth at VidCon. You know what VidCon is? That's the uh, YouTube kind of conference. Yeah, big YouTube conference. So YouTube says, hey, you can come do a booth, blah, blah, blah. So I'm sitting there at my booth and this guy comes up to me and he says, hey, I'm a huge fan. And I said, you are Tyler Florence. <laughs> and he was like, yeah. And then I was like, I got to tell you this crazy story. I was valet parking at your restaurant for like years. And I just, it was probably like, had been like two or three years since I had parked there. And then the look on his face was like, oh, no, did I be? He was always a really good guy. Such a good dude. Um, but that was and he was a, a skateboarder. I don't think he's even a skater, but it's he's a chef. He's a celebrity chef. You know, he has several restaurants and he has like pro model pots and pans, you know? It's yeah. Like yeah. Sick. Dang. What a small world. Um, but yeah, he must be skateboarding a little bit or watching. Well, he was watching our videos for sure. You know, maybe his kids were getting into skateboarding. It's hard to say, but whatever it was, he was watching our videos. And then that for me was such a like, whoa, like reality shift. Like, wow, I really did something here. Tyler Florence, I used to open the door for him at his restaurant. And now he's telling me that he loves my videos. That's cool. So That's cool. Really cool. You put that video up in 2005 as kind of a latch-ditch effort. You've told the story uh, where your your sponsors kind of, um, kicked you to the curb. Yeah. And it was kind of like a Hail Mary. Okay, I'm just going to put this on YouTube. And it almost sounded like you had started thinking of other directions, maybe filmmaking. When that hit 350,000, were you just completely – and that was the most popular video in the history of YouTube for skateboarding at that point. Were you just completely beside yourself? 
it was like a point of sheer confusion because it wasn't even like an intentional like like a hail mary kind of implies you're trying to do something smart. <laughs> you were taking your clothes to the goodwill. This it was, was a more total like- give up. It was like <laughs> it was like you know the quote at the beginning of the video is when there's nothing left to burn, you set yourself on fire. It was my version of like let's say I had a restaurant and then it totally failed and then I just dumped gasoline on it and set it on fire. And then something in that fire went, okay, there's something here. So yes, I was beside myself. I was very, very confused because I had all at the same time, like more recognition than I'd ever had ever, you know, coming up, trying to come up in the skateboard industry is the hardest thing ever, literal hardest thing ever. There's not a lot of money to be made. It's, you know, you go to the, it's very, very tough and the competition is extremely tough. And yeah, so you're trying to get exposure. And I'm also at this point, sort of a very shy person. I've clearly gotten over that over the years. Did um, you get over that? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've made 5,000 videos. <laughs> right, right. Well, I didn't know if you were going to be like, hey, it's still a struggle every time. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not at all. Like, I just got over it so much. Yeah. So, um, so Yeah. Yeah, so I was in this sort of shocked, confused feeling like, what do I do now? No validation from the industry. Matter of fact, the fuck you, get out. And then all of a sudden, the people have spoken. Yeah, but what's interesting also is I was writing for a skateboard company called Real, which is owned by Deluxe Distribution, which is also tied into Thrasher Magazine. And the Thrasher Magazine is the biggest, best, most badass skateboard company magazine there is and they're sort of running the whole thing and that part of the reason why that video went viral get this is super weird is they put it on the front page of their website oh yeah so it was like it was the same feeling of like i just got kicked off basically this company they're sort of like sister companies working together right (laughs) right i just gotten kicked off and then they put it on their website, then it goes viral. And I was like writing for Bones as well. And I remember Bones put up Bones Wheels. Remember they they put up a poll, I think on like Facebook. This is real old school, right? Maybe even MySpace. MySpace. Yeah, they put up this poll. They were like, they showed my video part and then they were like, should Aaron Cairo be a like a sponsored skateboarder, professional skateboarder, whatever they said. And it was like 90% of people said like, yes. It was like very highly rated but they never did anything. It's kind of a interesting thing because a lot of it is like who, you know, and all that kind of stuff, which is I, now that I've run my own business and I look back, I kind of go to myself, would I have put myself on at that point? I don't know. Would it be the right thing? Like should real skateboards have made me a pro? I don't know. Probably not. (laughs) Right. Probably not. You know, maybe it all just happened to fall into place the exact way it should have. And we ended up where we ended up. And I like the thing that I hope is not that like I created this alter thing that like not, and that's where like this contrarian thing can kind of come into play. Like I don't I'm not trying to like countermand or counteract or be contrarian to the established pattern. 
I'm trying to just bring more people in. <laughs> like, right, right. It's, I mean, you're very good, clear about it. That is good for everyone. But I you're, think, you know, I haven't done a lot of these interviews and I haven't done these talks and I haven't really had a lot of time to just put all this information out there. So I think a lot of people think I might be like, ah, down with those guys, whatever. I'm not like that at all. I, I haven't heard that from anyone. But um, is that original video on this station? Yeah. Hundred percent. It's the very first video on here. If you type into the search bar, Aaron Cairo Braille skateboarding video part. What if I just went to videos and, and ordered them by order? That probably works. Oh, I'm over here. Let's see. Uh, if you go oldest, where they, they've changed everything here. I know it's madness. Why did they do that? Okay, I should have just listened to you. What? Wait, wait, where is the... Uh... Just go to that search bar. You got it. Okay. Aaron Cairo, Braille Skateboarding. And then what was the other part you wanted me to put in? That'll probably do it. Just that. Let's see what comes up. Down. Go down. Oh, I can't believe need... you put a video up in 2005. I think it was 2006, but we'll, okay. we'll see here. Okay. Um, okay. Add to the end of that video part. <laughs> oh yeah. You said I have too me. many videos. Okay. So the third one down one, two, boom, right there. God, that is incredible. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. What's and how many videos are now on the site? Between four and 5,000. And I have two channels too. Um, why did you split channels? Why do you have two channels? Good and do you question. regret doing that? No, I I wanted to make one. It was more sort of a community channel. And then it kind of just became like sort of a team channel. Um, but no, I don't regret doing it. It's good. Oh, you're right. December 28th, 2005. December 28, 2005? Yeah. Wow. For some reason, I kept thinking it was 2006. Okay. December 28, 2005. Well, it's three days. You were three days yeah. And I got that 2005, I think, from your TED Talk. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that's the video right there. And that started it all. Yeah. Crazy world. <laughs> did, 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 could you even monetize YouTube back then? No. <laughs> no. That right. was the other thing. It was like, okay, I, I got this video. It was all, it was, got seen by a lot of people. But what do you do with that? What do you do with that now? I guess you try and get another sponsor and try and go the good old traditional route again. And I had basically the same exact thing happen. Got a new sponsor. They just randomly kicked me off. Didn't even tell me. Um, just cut ties. The new, the new one. Yeah. Yeah. And how long did that last? Probably like four months. Man. And, and just all of a sudden the deposit stopped. Not even deposits because a sponsor means no money. It just means they give you free boards. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's a rough road. And and from there, what is the development? Did you have the name Braille then? Let's see. Uh, in 2005, no. Um, and then I didn't. So then a friend of mine said, you know, you could make money on YouTube. And I said, what does that even mean? Said, yeah, let's monetize it and blah, blah, blah. I didn't really understand it, but I thought, instantly thought, 
That's like shooting fish in a barrel. It's the easiest thing ever. I've only made one video at 350,000 views. Maybe I could make more. And then I just did. I just made a bunch. And I really shotgunned everything I could think of. Made every kind of video I could think of. And then I made the tutorials. And those started going well, really well. The views. I made the first one was the kick, kick the kick flip video. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The first one that really did well. I'm not sure if it was the first tutorial I ever made, but I really planned that out. I was very strategic. And then that did 4 million views or something like that. And then I was like, um, I think I found my calling in life. Teach skateboarding. But could you monetize at that point? Yeah. Okay. Yes, sir. What year did that happen? The monetization of YouTube. Do you remember? My guess? Man, it's been so many years. I can't even believe it's 2022 and I'm almost 40. I still feel 13. <laughs> Yeah, me too. I feel 10. I literally just got done riding skateboards and filming all day. Like, that's <laughs> stupid. Well, thank you for coming on here. I really yeah. appreciate it. Oh, do you remember what year that they allowed monetization? Um, I don't. I was thinking my best guess would be maybe 2010. And would you been part of that beta? Like, do they reach out to someone like you and they're like, okay, we want you to test this out? No, I was definitely like just starting like everybody else at that time you had to have a certain amount of yeah it was like it was all these rules certain amount of views and then you had to like apply for all these different things and connect them up it was through adsense all kinds of stuff and then they kind of simplified it and made it easier that's right i remember the adsense yeah um aaron i want to go back to um your your now wife and your girlfriend yeah. Um, you said you met her at a Halloween party. And in, in, in what year was that? Uh, it was about 15 years ago. Bad okay. with names and I'm bad with time. Okay. So, so you were 25. Something like that. Yes. And 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 how do you, um, did you remember the courtship process? Yeah, of course. C can yeah. you share that with me? Yeah. So I'm valet parking uh -huh. <laughs> and my friend calls me and he goes, dude, I'm at this party. There's this chick here. You got to meet her. And I, I, what? Yeah. Yeah. Like Cupid. Who's your buddy? Cupid. Um, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I, have, I have friends looking <laughs> right, out for me. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and he knew I'd been looking for a girlfriend because my past girlfriends, whatever stuff happened, didn't work out. So I was looking for a good, a good girlfriend. And he said, there's this girl here. I think you'd really like her. And I said, okay, I'm getting off work. And I just drove right up there. It was in Marin County, which is north of San Francisco. Across totally the random. Gate. Yeah, across the Golden Gate. Totally random. And I think my friends were also needed a ride home. <laughs> you know, that was the other part of it. There. So now I got the there. Yeah. And I got there and there was this guy and he had already asked her for her number. And I just went, you know, and I, I'm also like pretty shy at this point. Right. But I just went like. I don't care. I'm going to ask her. And then I asked her and then she, she gave me her number and then I called her. I was so scared to call her. I remember being at my house, just being terrified. And then I asked her out on a date and then she said yes. And then I went out on a date with her and that guy that asked for her number ended up dating her friend. So it all kind of worked out. So he dated her friend. I dated her. And then we went to this restaurant. Oh, it was so embarrassing. It was like, I was just so like shy and in my sort of shell. Right. And I remember 
<laughs> I, I was like, oh, I, I'm, uh, I'm going to embarrass myself telling this story. But I was like, I'll have the number 16. And then she was like, no, it's $16. And I was like, <laughs> like <laughs> we're not at McDonald's. <laughs> That's the story she loves to tell. But that was our first date. And then. Um, That's good. Yeah. And then we dated for a long time. And then she was pressuring me really hard to marry her. And I was like, I'm never going to marry you if you keep pressuring me. Never going to do that because then it won't be me wanting to marry you. I'll be in this confusion of, am I doing it because you want me to do it? And then she totally stopped. And then six months later, she went on a trip and I missed her so much. And, th and then when she came back, I just, boom, rang, proposed, and then we got married. Wow. And and then w was it before you got married that you told her you were going to pursue this YouTube thing? You were going to quit your valet job? Um, I think that was post-marriage. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So you were married. How I'm pretty sure we were married already. I, I'm fascinated by the fact that she – when did she become a believer? How long did it take? Because isn't that important? I know we kind of established that maybe you have some – you're motivated by a little like, hey, you can't do this. <laughs> um, but, but at some point, you need her to be a believer, right? Yeah. Do I need to be her to be a believer? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Good question. Well, I remember, you know, okay, let's, let's run it back a little bit. So I, I make that video and then I start making tons of videos on YouTube and it, it took me a whole year. So how the monetization works on YouTube for anybody who doesn't know is you make your money through AdSense ads. So your video goes up and YouTube puts an ad in front of it. And you as the creator get 55% of that revenue and YouTube takes 45% of the ad. And if you have enough ads shown, you will make money. People always ask, well, how much is it per view? How much is it per subscriber? It's zero per subscriber. That means nothing. And per view, it changes every single second, every single ad, because it's all different money. Um, but you don't get paid any money until you have um, gotten $100. $100 is the payout threshold. Um, so it took me a whole year of grinding pretty hard to make $100. So I think that's another thing that's important for people to understand because if somebody's like, oh, I'm going to jump into YouTube and become a millionaire, like, okay, yeah, good luck. You can right. for right. sure, but it's going to be a grind. It took me a year to make $100. And then the next month, which I think is also important to understand, I made $100. Mm. So a whole year combined to make my first 100, then one month to make a second 100. And I got to the point where I think I had made in one month $800. And I was completely floored that I made $800. And I was valet, the valet parking was also owned by skaters. They totally understood. And it was super cool. And so I was working five days and then four days and then three days and two days. And as I made more money on YouTube, I would just drop days. Right. And even right. if I didn't like you, you can also call your skater friend and be like, dude, I don't want to work tonight. Can you pick up this shift? And you'd be like, yeah, bro, it's all good. <laughs> you know, so I would do that. And then um, and then eventually it was the decision to quit the job entirely and just push really hard on this. And yeah, she became a believer 
Like she, like I tell this story now and she gets really mad because she says, well, you didn't really explain it very well, which is very, I'm sure it's very true. You know, I was probably like, oh, I'm just going to make videos on YouTube. I don't even care, <laughs> you know, whatever. And then she was like, you're being rash and irrational, et cetera. But once the actual, like, okay, now it's like a very set thing and real money is starting to come in. Then she's like, oh yeah, this is like a real thing. This is workable. You're making more money on this than you were valet. So that's totally fine. It's all good. And then she becomes a believer. And where does that intersect with your vision? And then tell me when the name Braille comes in and when that intersects with your vision of make this the world's largest, make, making uh, skateboarding the world's largest sport. Yeah. So the name Braille came in because I was trying to, f I didn't want it to be called Aaron Cairo because if you call something your name, it's always just you, you know, and you, there's not so much that you can do with it. But if you have a name, there's many things you can do with it. Um, so I, I knew, I already knew like I need to have a name and I knew I wanted it to be something very random. If I could go back in time and redo all of this, I would not choose the name Braille. I would choose something that better describes teaching, various things like that. Um, but right, but back then I just went, I'm going to pick a random name. So the two names I had in mind were Toast. <laughs> as random as that is, Toast. I like it. I like it. I like it. Yeah. And then Braille was the other one. And then I... There's a common phrase in skateboarding. People say, I'm feeling this board. I'm feeling this spot. And then it, I kind of went, oh, Braille. It's kind of a play on words. And so the original thing was Braille skateboarding. I'm feeling it. Okay. Was the okay. slogan. And it originally started because I was skateboarding. I, I moved to San Francisco. I was skateboarding. That actual first video was a combination of two video parts that I was working on. And if I'm explaining anything that doesn't totally make sense, let me know. Because um, some people don't totally understand even a video part in the skateboarding world is tantamount to an artist's album. Like, oh, you're a musician. Have, in your I'm sorry video, you were using that term part and I couldn't follow it. Okay. Yeah, I probably should make a whole video explaining this. So um a musician will play their instrument or do their band or whatever it is. And they'll work for years, sometimes years, sometimes not years. And they'll put out an album and that's their, they have worked morning, day, noon and night to put out their best music. And they put it into 10 or so songs selling that album, et cetera. So in the skateboard world, your video part, that's your best tricks to a song it should represent you. It should represent what you're about. And I was working on two of them for independent video filmmakers. One was called Seasons out of San Francisco. And the other one was called this video magazine called Ghetto Fabulous out of San Jose, California. It's filming for both of those at the same time. So those videos both came out. And what the filmmaker would do is he would make the video and then he would get a DVD and he would sell the DVD for $2 at the skate spot. And I would just see this guy struggling. There's so much struggling in skateboarding. It's actually unbelievable. Sometimes you go, this guy, he's one of the world's greatest athletes. And then you go, how much are you getting paid? You're a pro. So these guys are, they back then are what I'm trying to do with my life. And then I go, how much are you getting paid? They're going, yeah, I make 200 bucks a month. 
And I'm going, 200 bucks a month? You can't eat on that. You definitely can't pay your rent on that. And right. so and then I find out, well, that yeah, they're working two other jobs plus being a pro. And I'm like, these are the best of the best. Some of them, right? Obviously, there are some skateboarders that have the Nike contract and they're making great money, et cetera. But, but it's fascinating just to see the interworkings of those struggles. And then I saw that with these filmmakers and then I just felt for them. And then I thought, there's a better way to do this. I'm going to start a website and we're going to sell digital downloads. Oh, so that's what Braille was originally. I built the website and I was selling digital downloads of my friends' videos of your friends' parts. Yeah, of my of my friends' videos that I had parts in. So you know, it was, and then I was trying to branch out and get more videos, but then you have to get the rights to the videos. Then there's all red tape and this crazy stuff like that. And then it, and then YouTube came about by the random way of you know that video. But when I got kicked off, I pulled both of those video parts, combined them. I edited it, combined them with the weirdest music I could find. Ah, now I see. On purpose. And then, see, it all kind of, it was all. So, not, let me see if I understand fine. this. You were featured in two independent filmmakers' videos. And yeah. in those videos, there's a part that's the Aaron Cairo part. I've seen this in surf videos, too. And it's yeah. your name pops up and a new song starts and you do all this crazy cool shit. And everyone's standing around in their living room smoking weed watching you. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, okay. <laughs> And then, and, and so you took, did, did they, and were they okay with you taking their two parts? Absolutely. Okay. And then you put it up on YouTube. Um, wow. Thank you for sharing all this. Yeah. Um, are you, and, and then this, I'm sorry, video, you said something in the beginning of this podcast. You said, you know, I haven't done a lot of these interviews. I haven't spoken out a lot. And there were a couple yeah. of things in there when I saw that I'm sorry video that were, it's a little bit of a soul bearing video. You're bearing your soul to your community. Yeah. And you say something about um, how you haven't been around for four years. Four years? No, no. It wasn't Is that, that what long. you said? No. no how long no. has it been? It was probably close to a year, probably around a year. Yeah. Okay. I misunderstood. Sorry. Sorry. Um, what does that mean that you haven't been around for a year? And because from looking at your YouTube it's still prolific yeah. and then and then and then you also bear your soul in there, which I thought was fascinating, which a, any pro athlete could uh, glean a lot from this about you're planning on making having another part but you're 39 and you come to recognize that it may not look the way you want it or the way the yeah. public wants it so let's start, let's start with this thing where did you go for a year yeah so i went to school and i didn't go to like a traditional like oh i'm just like going to university I went and I did some courses. Um, I did some courses online. I went and I met with some CEOs. So my my company, I was the CEO for for Braille skateboarding for a very long time, and then also getting into part of why I didn't want to call it Aaron Cairo, right? Because then it's just me and all that I'm doing, and that's all it is. So then I I hired a CEO, and then I put that CEO onto their job. And said, great, you're the CEO. Run all the business aspects of it because I want to skateboard. <laughs> and then funny enough, I felt like that I was still sort of stuck into just running the business still. In fact, not being the CEO almost made me more stuck into being the CEO. So just recently, I haven't even announced this yet, but I will make a video about it. Now I'm back in the CEO seat. 
But what I, I went to do to learn about how to run a business, because I'm just a skater. I'm a skater and I know how to make videos. And I ended up with this business under me. And I made some good and some very bad decisions. You know, even with a CEO, I was still the founder. So I was making a lot of decisions, right? But yeah, I went and I did courses on business. I did courses online. I went and talked to CEOs. I learned everything that I could. You know, and my my wife, her father, he's a he's a an awesome Jewish businessman. And he sold his business. Racist, and- racist. <laughs> Shout out Stu Rosenbaum. Sounds like Shout a out. great dude. Sounds yeah, like a great dude. He's such a good guy. And he... Hey, do you want me to tell you something real quick? I want to yeah. put this in here. I believe that Jewish people breed. They find hard work sexy. They yeah, find you ambition, think? <laughs> they find hard... Yeah, they do. They find hard work and ambition sexy. And they know how to... Um, they, they, they see, or they see it's, it, it's, it's too superficial to say that, to say they see earning potential in their mates. Yeah. It, it, it's too, it's too modern, but they right. see something that like you were saying earlier, tantamount to earning potential, but it's some caveman shit. And it's the same thing. My wife, my wife's Jewish. I have three yeah. little Jew, Jew boys yeah. and I'm the hardest. She met me when I was homeless, but I'm the fucking hardest work. I'm a fucking maniac. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so, so I, I, I just, I see that and I'm like, Oh, that makes sense. You got scooped up by a Jewish girl who she didn't matter whether you were valeting. <laughs> she saw you were a lump of coal and she knew you were going to be a diamond. They just, they know. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I just wanted to throw that. Little yeah. I think that's very true. Tidbit I think, in there. Yeah. I think that is very true. And your wife's very beautiful. Oh, and thank so, you. Yeah, so yeah, I get that a lot. I get. Yeah. How did you catch such a beautiful girl? I don't know. Actually, I have actually tremendous earning potential. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So you were gone for a year, and 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 there was another guy in caretaker of your baby, and um, there was something you said there. What was the mechanism that made you feel like it was more work, even though you had passed it aside? Yeah, I think all of these things. You know, it's you, you ever heard that thing like hindsight is 2020? Yeah, it's like when you're looking into the future, it can be very vague and mysterious, and you have no idea what's going to happen. And being a business owner, especially through 2020 coronavirus lockdown, which did a lot of very interesting things to skateboarding. Um, yeah, and keeping all of your employees going and keeping everybody paid and paying for a warehouse. I have two warehouses, in fact. Wow. It's not as easy as somebody thinks. You know, I, lo- I think a lot of people from the outside looking in, they just see this rave success story, overnight success, which I like, okay, w- I've been working so unbelievably hard for <laughs> years and years. I've been skateboarding for 39 years. No, 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 sorry, 29 years. I'm 39 years old, started at 10, 29 years skateboarding. And working on my business. Oh, it's just, it's been brutal. Right. And I was, have made bad decisions in taking my company in some directions that were not totally right and correct. And if I could go back, I would reverse those. I would do it a different way. But a lot of those decisions were from a place of business CEO type stuff, not passion skateboarder Mm -hmm. i'm running this company that's how i love to do things type stuff like you followed some shiny objects and saying instead of staying true to your vision 
Yeah, like I can I can just tell you some like Please. just real examples. Um, we had a, a series of toys release, and Target sold them. So it was a pretty wild, interesting thing. And people just go, oh, you have toys in Target? Well, clearly you're like a billionaire. <laughs> but it's interesting from my side of it because, yes, we had toys in Target. The first launch of the toys in Target sold out, completely sold out. And then Target went, whoa, this is a good seller. Let's buy a bunch of stock. And then they bought so much stock. Season two did not sell out. And then season three, which was made, never got purchased. And that gets into like a pretty rough situation where Target made these purchases. They want this. They want the item sold. Come on, let's go. And then I'm like, am I working for myself and doing my passion project of teaching people how to skateboard? Or am I trying to sell toys for Target? Oh, it's a different direction. We went completely off the rails. And I kind of knew that that was kind of the direction, but you know, I see, I have this big passion and then the way that people sell me on things like this, they go, well, how many people are toys and target going to introduce into skateboarding? And I went, I'm willing, know your kryptonite. I'm willing to give that a try. And I can tell you it did it. It did not. No, no. It did not. I did not add a bunch of YouTube subscribers and get a bunch of people watching tutorial videos because I had toys in Target. I just didn't. The numbers very clearly show. At the end of the day, you can say like, oh, this is cool or that's cool. But at the end of the day, the numbers are the hard statistics. It's black and white. You can't lie. You can't deny it. You know, so that that I think hurt us as a company. I think it hurt us financially. I think it hurt. Yeah. And it kind of took us down a path that we didn't necessarily mean to go on or need to go on. And nothing like, again, it's like no hard feelings to anybody that was involved in that project is totally, you know, it's totally rad. It was really rad also to walk into a Target and see your brand on the shelf. <laughs> That's also like pretty, a uh, pretty. What was the toy? It was fingerboards. Oh. Yeah, so if you know on our web on our YouTube channel, we do a lot of really weird boards. Yeah. So we made weird board fingerboards and they were sort of like collectibles. And they were it was great. It like if I wanted to, I could just market and sell those and I could do really great at those. Yeah, I can type in like bra- braille fingerboards. It'll oh, for the thing. I was just thinking of all the just the weird shit you guys have skated all, too. Yeah. Glass skateboards, mattress. All of these were made into fingerboards. Yeah, there you go. Oh, that's an Xbox. Oh, so the fingerboards. Oh, it's kind of it was kind of like the Cabbage Patch Kids of fingerboards. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of a brilliant idea. It, wow. They wow. were really cool. They were super cool. And it, honestly, if I wanted to just go all out and turn my channel into like fingerboard mania, I could have yeah. kept selling those and it would have done great. But on all these kinds of deals, like you have to understand to make fingerboards, it does cost a lot of money. I don't have that money. I'm not, I don't have that money to even start it. So that means somebody else is putting that money forward and it's a business relationship with more than two entities. And then by the time any money filters back to me, I go, man, it wasn't really worth it at all. Right. 
you know, so then you have also the stigma of all the people thinking, oh, well, you have toys in Target, you're a multimillionaire, blah, blah, blah. And I go, man, I would have made more money if I didn't have them in there. Right. Did it damage your brand at all? To, I think to, so. To be affiliated with Target? Uh, it's well, honestly, it's, it's hard to say. And damage at the end of the isn't day, the right word either. I apologize for using that word. I should have. No, that's okay. Word. That's okay. It's hard to say because, well, another thing that we did is we did we did a skateboard Look at this chainsaw fucking skateboard. This yes, thing's savage. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was actually really cool, right? Oh God, that's so cool! It's such it's a brilliant idea. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Uh, back to uh, Target going there. Did it? Did it? Did it screw with your image? Yeah, it's it's really hard to say. But it, in that kind of sense, we we get a little bit into like, did it screw with my image for the skateboard industry? As we were talking about it earlier, absolutely. I mean, those they are savage. They hate anything that has to do with mainstream blah 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 it's total pure hatred they so tore that, you up again, on reddit they tore you up on reddit in the cesspool called reddit yeah in <laughs> fact i need to get on reddit <laughs> don't do not some kid he came he not. said he, he uh, these kids send me rumors and they say like oh this i found this on reddit and they say you're i, I guess you're not on reddit and i say no don't I'm ever not. go there it's pointless it's pointless yeah you think yeah. Dude, it's YouTube without the videos. It's uh, idiot land. It's it, it's it is the grossest place on the internet. It, it's vile. Yeah, that's it's kind a, of the. It's an unhealthy place, I think. Yeah, that's that's what I get from it as well. But then I yeah. get some people. They think like, how do people think that what is written on Reddit is a real thing? And that's what also makes me go. I need to do more podcasts. <laughs> oh, actually, just talk about things. Uh, choose wisely on the podcast. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're a good talker, but man, there's someone, there's some out there that are just so, so Aaron, can you tell me about yourself while I sit back here? Go. Oh yeah. And then I just go and go on and on and on. Well, and... Just, they, they won't. Yeah. They, they want you to carry their podcast for them. I, I feel like it's the vast majority. The good thing, I think there's 2.7 million podcasts yeah. currently. And so, wow. Yeah, it, it's a um. The last thing my wife ever wanted me to hear was, "I'm starting a podcast. Don't worry, I, I'll be able to pay the bills." <laughs> it's, it's, I, it, it might be worse than skateboarding. Do you pay, do you pay the bills with your podcast? I do. Wow, well but, done, very well done. Thank you. But I had an amazing job. An amazing job. I was in charge of everything forward facing at CrossFit HQ at CrossFit yeah. at CrossFit from when it was 300 gyms to 15,000 gyms. Wow. Yeah, so I had a yeah, had a very very uh, similar story to you. I went the filmmaker route. You okay. went the skateboarding route, and then filmmaker. I went the filmmaker route. And I it had didn't the, work um, out in traditional industry, so you went a different way. Yeah, I was, I was a homeless guy who the day Final Cut Pro came out, I bought it, and I bought that black uh, G5 laptop that you wow. could edit videos on. It was Final Cut Pro One. I think it was two thousand two or three or something. Yeah. And I was homeless. I plugged it into the cigarette lighter of a car. I bought a used car. Wow. And I learned. It took me fucking two weeks to load all 10 DVDs. (laughs) I'm not joking. I was on the phone. I was like, (laughs) it was every penny I had from this fucking job I had where it was taking care of developmentally disabled adults. It was nuts. Yeah. Well done. I started making movies and TV shows while living out of my car. It was cool. That is very cool. That is the grind. That is the grit. That's the real. 
I, that's why when you say all this stuff and people don't know how hard you work, like I know, like you were there working yeah. and your eyes fell asleep and then you climbed into bed and then you slept a little bit and then you got out and went back to. Yes. yes. Your TED talk, you call it passion. Yeah. Well, yeah. I do think that there's, you know, there's this other quote. I think it's from um, the Apple dude, the dude that did the Apple. Jobs, He's like Steve Jobs. Yeah, Steve Jobs, he's like saying, yeah, I don't think if you don't have the passion, I just don't think you would carry through with it because you have to be like kind of crazy, psychotic or what I'm, I'm butchering the quote. But yeah, it does, you know, that passion, it is behind it. You know, you see some of these guys, you think, oh, I'll just jump on Twitter and do some streams and make a million dollars. No, the guy that's making a million dollars on Twitter spent 13 hours every single day for the last 10 years and now he's making it somewhere. It is, there's grind in there. It's real. <laughs> yeah. Your story, I, I love that story. The first year you made a hundred bucks and in month 13, you made a hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. And when you say that, like as someone who walked that walk too, man, the month 13th, you can't even believe it. It's the happiest hundred bucks you ever made. You're oh like, my God. In fact, like, when I made what? two cents, the first two cents I made, yeah. I remember looking at the computer and going, oh my God, I made this video and it made two cents. Yeah, And I literally had this thought, I will make a million dollars because it just was so real to me that I, it felt like I could create something out of thin air and it made two cents. And then I was like, if you can create something out of thin air, just do it again and again and again. Repetition. 5,000 videos later. <laughs> how, how many, how many unbroken bones have you had in your um, skateboarding career? I, I saw a picture of your uh, wrist. Yeah, got, let's got, see. They got smooshed. So my wrist was a compound fracture, which, what does that mean exactly? It means that these two bones basically smashed into each other, and there was really no break there. It just, oh yeah, this is <laughs> so stupid. I'm skating this ramp. I'm doing all these tricks. I do a whole series of me learning tricks, and this is footage from the uh, security cam. That's why it looks kind of funny. And then I'm just randomly riding and do the stupidest fall, not even trying anything right there. And I, and I, yeah, break my wrist. I love this cool thing. Happens to the best of us. Uh, -huh. <laughs> uh and, and, how, and so how many, how many, do you know how many broken bones you've had? Yeah. So I don't, I don't think I would count that as a broken bone compound fracture. Maybe if we count that as one, we'll count that as one. And then I broke my foot in two places on one injury. So that's three. And how I, long ago was that? Uh, 10 years ago. Long oh, oh ago. okay. Yeah. So I think it's probably three broken bones and probably, not bad, dude. yeah, not bad at all. And probably 15 sprained ankles. That's the injury of choice. Knock on wood. Never again. Thank you. Sprained ankles is the worst. Uh, I, because when you talk about why it, 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 it the, the sport does scare people. Yes. Like moms are terrified. Like, you know, the kids dropping into a 10 foot bowl or eight foot bowl. And, uh, my wife struggles watching my eight year old do that. I don't blame her. She made that yeah. thing. And now it's got face for, it's just like jumping into a concrete bowl. Right. Right. Well, okay. Let me talk about that a little bit because okay, statistically, um, oh, you like know, this. people go, like yeah, people go, Oh, well let's, uh, let's let our kid do football or basketball. Well, statistically they're more likely to get injured doing football or basketball than skateboarding. 
but skateboarding seems extremely dangerous. This is why like skateboarding itself literally needs a PR campaign. Like all the skateboarders need to get together and we need to decide that skateboarding is cool and it's good. And then we need to start talking about these things and telling the moms that it's not that dangerous and getting some programs put into the schools for kids to learn how to skate because it does teach a lot of very good life skills. Like when you when when you were in that car and you were editing the videos, you were on your own. It's the same. You have a skateboard. It's a piece of wood with some wheels. You're on your own. You're going to learn that trick if you push through. It teaches persistence. You know, teaches you to go out every day. Dedication. You fall, get back up, etc. All these things. Really, really good life lessons. Um, but yeah, it's actually not that dangerous. In fact the reason it does become dangerous is because you're not learning the tricks in the correct order. So that was a huge thing that I did. I went through and I mapped out what would be the correct order. And I'm the still progressions. Working. Yeah. The progression of the tricks. And if you learn them in the correct order and you wear a helmet, knee pads, elbow pads, it's way safer than football, basketball, all of them, you know, because you're just, you're just learning how to, I say this all the time in my videos, it, it's a meme now. Um, you have to get really comfortable riding your board. And that's what people skip. They go, oh, what do I want to oh. do? They want to learn a kickflip. Kickflip is so cool. That's why kickflip, how to kickflip had 4 million views. Everyone wants to learn a kickflip. But before the kickflip, there is a series of seven tricks which you must learn. You don't, and I, you know, I also don't want to make skateboarding into like this, like, I don't know. It's not school. It sh it is very independent and it is do whatever you want, but there is a correct good path. So I mapped it out as Ollie, frontside 180, backside 180, pop shove, front shove, heel flip, kick flip. These are the seven tricks. And you do those. And what I say is if you want to learn how to kick flip, you'll learn how to kick flip faster by learning all seven tricks than if you just go to kick flip. You're trying to go into advanced calculus without learning how to do addition. And that's not good. And that's where you get hurt because you're not ready for that. So the, so the kid tries to drop in on a ramp. Well, he's not ready. He doesn't even know how to ride a board. He's not going to drop in. He's not going to ride down a hill. But you just see, you know, you see these clips. Dude, Aaron, I see kids all the time. I know you see it too. So, so basically what I did with my kids for the first six months of riding a skateboard I had them ride one mile each direction along this path, along the beach every day for six months. Yeah, that was it. The first time that mile took three hours, right? After six months it, after <laughs> six. It, it was crazy. And after six months, it still took 40 or 50 minutes. The learning curve was insane. They were right. tiny. He was five and a half. Right. I see. Then we would go. So now I see kids at the skate park. Now my kids eight. Yeah. All, all these, all these crazy shit. Yeah. I see kids at the skate park who can do tricks that he can't even come close to doing. Right. But when I see them skating in a straight line, they can't even fucking skate. They look like complete fucking goofballs. They look like popsicle sticks on the board. They have no bend. They have no style. They have no oneness with the board. I yeah. see it everywhere. And I see kids actually, parents dropping their kids into bowls and the kids can do it. But then the ride's over and they get up to the top again. But the kid can't actually skate across the skate park. It's nuts. Right. Cause they didn't that shit's basic. dangerous. <laughs> it's it is, it is. But even then, statistically, you're yeah, more yeah, likely. I hear you, dude. You can't go to a, co a collegiate woman's soccer team and not see a scar from an ACL surgery. Right. All of them, hundred percent. They all got it. 
Right. Or whatever that surgery is with the line up and down the knee, whatever that they all got it hundred percent. Yeah. You ever, you ever lost a friend to a skateboarding accident? No. Good. That's good to hear. Yeah. That's <laughs> it, great to hear. And, 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 and it's gotta be snowboarding is another one. That's crazy. I, yes. I think it's kind of a similar thing though. Like if you learn it correctly and blah, blah, blah. Like I think anything, if you learn it correctly, but sometimes when, when there's a lot of team sports involved, then there's all kinds of things because you have people smashing into each other and you know, like hockey, they're going to punch each other in the face. That's injury city. Right. 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 Different scenario. But if you really learn things correctly on the correct learning it the correct proper way you should be able to get very skilled at whatever it is you're trying to do i i, I look at your instagram account and i'm looking at it and i've and and I've, I've been following you for about a year now uh maybe a little more maybe two years maybe i start yeah probably two years you popped on the radar I, I feel like you own youtube which i i so admire and it's so helpful if i type in skateboarding youtube the, the braille stuff pops up my kids absolutely love it awesome and you've kept your head how, how am i going to get to this you've kept your head pretty clean and then i saw this uh i did not expect to see this here we go <laughs> and i I can't tell you how much I appreciate this. I, I, I mean, I'm projecting on, I have no idea exactly what you're saying, but I, I think I know what you're saying yeah. and I'm projecting onto what you're saying. Yeah. But I, I, I really fucking appreciate this. Um, this video here that came out, uh, and I'll go ahead and play it here. Quit my mm. job and you called me crazy. I started a business and you said it was stupid and that business it went under and you said i told you so so i started another one and you said some people just never learn but that business took off and now you are coming after me because of my privilege but maybe you're right maybe i am privileged because if i was born with your attitude i never would have made it either I quit my job and you called me crazy. Uh, I, I, I was just dumbfounded to see that. I was like, <laughs> wow. I, I saw the I'm sorry video and then I saw this and I yeah. said, oh, this, this guy's, uh, this guy's going for it. He's something's going on here. He's, yeah. He's going for it. Um, can you tell me a little bit about that video? What was the inspiration for it? I mean, it, there's a bunch of stuff there. It's a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, good comment question. about self belief, but also a comment to like society. Yeah, I think that's what I see. Yeah, yeah. Well, so in that in my little description there, I said my feed is full of inspirational quotes, and I do love <laughs> I do love these inspirational quotes. Well, love hate relationship, but I that was one that I just saw. That wasn't my audio. That wasn't me. Oh, that's talking. not you talking. No, that's oh, not me okay. talking. Okay. That's just one of those things that you you just see the inspirational quote and you go okay. like I'm using this audio for this video. Okay. Um but yes, all of these do have sort of like a very deep uh meaningful thing in my life. That's why I choose them. Um right? But yeah, it's kind of like that one specifically kind of goes back to my wife not wanting me not thinking that doing this is a good idea and just 
I don't know. I feel like so many people in the world are in this situation, especially, you know, from my experiences, I see this time period of a person's life when they finish high school. And after you finish high school, you don't really know what to do. You're going to go to college or maybe not, but you have to choose a career and you have to go into the world. And I feel like that time period right there is so utterly confusing. It was for me. I was terrified. And I did go to university. I went for a year to film school. Then I dropped out to be a professional skateboarder. Um, But it was so scary. And I just want to inspire people to do what they think they should do. Because I think oftentimes it's like the kid wants to be a musician or whatever he wants to be. And then his parents or the society or school or whatever is saying, you must be a lawyer, a stockbroker, a doctor, whatever, any of these things, right? And then they might not realize it until they're 40 that what they did, they didn't want to do that. And then they kind of wasted a good significant portion of their life, you know, and hopefully they didn't end up on drugs or in some bad condition because of that, which is, you know, now there's a lot of stuff, you know, mental health, et cetera, that can get into that kind of thing. But I do, and my TED talk is very heavy on this as well, right? Um, The passion, you got to really just follow your passion. But I think there's so many, there's so little support out there, especially in skateboarding, especially in skateboarding. There's this guy I was just talking to today who wants to work with us on some business things in the, in Europe. And he was saying, yeah, I remember being a kid and going into the skate shop being utterly terrified. And I think what you're doing with skateboarding is you're trying to remove that. And that's it was dead on. Because, yeah, as a kid, you go into the shop, there's so much stigma. People call you a poser. You know, it's not really, you know, if you want to start playing tennis, you get a new tennis racket. You're not made fun of. But in skateboarding, you are. Why do we do that? <laughs> it's kind of a funny thing right so we're trying to remove some of that like another kid on on um one of the social media platforms is a new skater he said why is skateboarding so toxic to people new skaters and uh it just is (laughs) so i'm trying to make it less toxic trying to make it more open trying to make it make this whole vibe of let's help the new people learn it's um, always nice when you go to a skate park and there's like a godfather there. There's like some 25-year-old kid there who's like keeping the peace. He yes. says hi to the parents. He says hi to the kids. He picks up people's boards. He tells kids, hey, throw your shit away, kids. Like it's always nice when there's some kid there, you know, yeah. holding down the fort. Uh, it, it, I, I go to the Scotts Valley Park in uh, Scotts Valley, California quite a bit. Yeah. And uh, there's there's a there's a dude there. And all the kids now have taken lessons from him and he's just, he's dope. Yeah, so that guy is supporting the the skateboarding scene. Yes, huge. Yeah, his name is Luke. And shout out Luke. Yeah, huge. And if it if Luke was not there, who knows? Maybe that park would be empty. Um, But a lot. Oftentimes, you have the best. Or dickheads would take it over. Dickheads would take it over. Right, and then that would eventually probably empty it out. And you know what he does too? He doesn't. He doesn't be a dickhead back to them. He loves them. That's the, that's the key. Yeah. He turns them to mush. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, 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 he turns them to mush. 
Yeah, it's cool. You, um, we go to Sunnyvale once a week too. Do you know that park? That's probably yeah, of course. Yeah, and and um and there's a guy there who holds the park down. Who's uh, that? Who's in Sunnyvale? Uh, uh, and he sk- he's he made a video with one of your buddies. Uh, it's it's Josh. Josh. Uh, okay, Josh. He does um skateboard lessons YouTube channel. Yes. What's it called? Yes, but Josh Bolo, maybe his last name. Yes. And he did a video with you. Um. One of my guys. One yeah. of your homeboys. Yeah. Yes. Cool dude who does the blonde haired cat with the yeah, long yeah. hair. What's his name? Ricky. Yeah, Ricky. Ricky Grazier. Yeah, Ricky Ricky Glaza, mate. Straight from Australia. Oh, Ricky Glaza, yeah. Yeah. But that dude holds down that park. Yes. Yes. Jo- Josh so, holds it down gnarly. Yeah. Yeah. So we basically need that at every park and it need that at every skate shop. And there's another you know, skate shops need to build their scene around their shop even just to survive as a shop and it can get a lot of, you know, skateboarding goes through these wild gyrations of very, very huge popularity, very, very not popular. So in 2020, I don't know if you know this, um, but 2020 skateboard sales went completely through the roof. It makes sense. It makes sense. It was one of the few places we could go where the kids didn't have to wear masks. I mean, a lot of them still did, but yeah, but you could, you were free. Yeah, so the skateboard sales went so high that there became a demand, a very heavy demand for wood, raw materials for all skateboard trucks, urethane. And it was every skateboard company in the world, including myself, was trying to buy skateboards because you couldn't even get the skateboards. They were selling faster than you could get them. So this 2020 was this huge ramp up, but now in 2021, you have this situation where every skateboard company in the world is overstocked and the skateboard sales died. And now everybody has boards and they're not selling. And that's a tough situation to be in. Very, very tough. And to make it through that as a business owner requires extreme skill. And there's a lot of companies that you won't see make it through that. Sad hence to the, say. Hence the CEO school you start you created for yourself. Yeah. And coming back on as the CEO and going, okay, we need to sort of get back to our grassroots here. And I'm working on this app. I have an app right now and I'm getting it rebuilt and redesigned to be less of social media app, <laughs> more of you're learning to skateboard, and that's the end of it. And then I'm just going to be pushing this forward. Look, Look at, at this, that. guys. Look at this. Number three. The Braille Army showing so much love to the app. We are number three on the Apple Store for sports. This is crazy that you're in here next to these behemoths. Isn't that crazy? What a day. Yeah. <laughs> that was launch day. That was launch day. Um, not, not only skateboards, the parks got inundated with roller skaters, too, which was kind of cool. They, what kind of is the deal with bit. that? The with other the day I skaters. went to the park, there were no skateboards and only <laughs> roller skaters. This is a huge thing right now. I think that was part of the 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 just sort of like, hey, you can't do anything, you can't go to work, and I think a lot of people were like, hey, I'm going to try something new, and I started seeing all sorts of people show up with uh, roller roller skates. Yeah, which is cool quads, actual roller skates. Yes, the, the super hardcore ones call them quads. Four wheels, not we're not talking roller blades anybody out there. We're talking roller skates. And with uh they br- they brought in a lot of cool music. Yeah. 
Yeah, so 2020 was really good area to get new people into skateboarding. And I hope this is the kind of thing, like we have to have that mentality of when those new people come in, we need to help them because they need to continue going. Because that's what I hear so much. I used to watch your channel. I used to skateboard. But I, I want to go, how do we remove that? They quit. How do we just take out all the barriers that's making them quit? Drop so, out of school like my kids did. My kids did they drop out? I mean, they're two five-year-olds and an eight-year-old. They don't go to school. <laughs> they skate every day. They yeah. skate, jiu-jitsu, tennis. Do you do other sports? No, not really. No time. <laughs> do, you, do you lift weights? Yeah, but only for like, oh, I'm going to go really hard and try and learn this trick. I better lift some weights. It'll help me. It's, it's, I'm, yeah, everything's so like skateboarding is geared around that. How is your, how's your, um, what can you, how's your squatting? You squat, how are your legs? No, I don't. Yeah. Good question. I have no idea. I do nothing like that. I'll do push ups, pull ups, sit ups. I'm trying to work on my core strength because I'm having pain in my lower back. Yeah. Um, but not like I have no idea. I don't know what I can bench. I'm sure it's not much, but my you know, legs are probably quite strong. Yeah. Uh, yes. From skateboarding. Uh, um. And you and you and you skate switch. I'm assuming. Yeah. God, that's. So I'm not the best, but I can do it. Yeah. Yeah. So much healthier for you. Um. What What about a, a finding a CrossFit gym uh, near you to rehabilitate you to rehabilitate to put you through the foundational movements of squatting? Just something, just the. Yeah, good question. I have no idea. When I when I try squatting specifically, it hurts mm-hmm. my knees, and I know it's not supposed to, but it does. And then I go, I've never hurt, I've never injured my knees, I've never had knee pain, but when I do squats, I do have knee pain, and I think I'm doing it incorrect. I actually have been thinking about maybe I'll do a video series of a 40 year old skateboarder. I'm I'm so playing into this 40 thing. I'm not even 40 yet. Yeah. 40 year old skateboarder learning, you know, getting back and learning all the tricks I used to be able to do. In fact, I shouldn't even say that just learning new tricks. I can probably do all the tricks. It's like riding a bike. You know, even if I don't skateboard for a little while, I can step back on and do some of the hardest tricks that I could do hard for me, you know, not talking about other people, but, but yeah, so I've been thinking about maybe getting a personal trainer and doing that. I think I need somebody to help me though. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, keep keep this in mind. Yeah, it, it's it's not biblical, but one of the things that you can do to to help your back is to squat, and and and, and the reason really? why it's hurting is just because you haven't done it, and to do the exact opposite of everything they told you. When you squat, you want to hold stuff in your frontal plane, mm. meaning in front of you, and then when you squat, your then your core will naturally get strong where it's supposed to be. And that and that abdominal wall will then start giving you the support you need for your back. Okay. As opposed to doing crunches. Oh yeah, crunch is no good. Crunch is uh, it's not, not good. that it, it's not that it's no good. You, I think you just want to get into functional movements. Mm. And a crunch is it's not bad, but it's not functional. Squatting's right. functional because um, it's it's what you do to take a shit. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And in the second you can't do that, that's when you go to the old folks' home. Right. <laughs> so you got so you gotta you gotta you gotta continue being able to take a but I bet you they could fix that knee. How about bike riding? Do you do bike riding? No. I no. mean I rode a bike today for a video. That doesn't really count. No, nothing like that. 
You're you're a, a businessman, professional athlete. <laughs> uh, how about how about kids? today? Sent somebody sent me a, a CrossFit jump ropes. Oh, and I've got a half pound, one pound, two pound, maybe a quarter pound, four different ones. And I thought, wow, this is hard. Two yeah. pound jump rope. I went yeah, straight to crazy. two pounds. Yeah, of course, you <laughs> I was did. like, dude, <laughs> this is so good though. I was like, if I did this, I would be so ripped. Um, no, I don't have any kids. I have two dogs, which are being very quiet, unusually quiet downstairs. Just for uh, are, our podcast. Thank you, dogs. What kind of dogs? Border collies. Oh, smarty pants. Yeah. Are you going to have kids? I always wanted kids. My wife didn't want kids. We went through this whole period where we were like, we're going to have kids. We're not. We are. We're not. And now I'm going to be 40. And I feel like, ah, am I going to have kids now? And my kid's 10 and then I'm 50. I don't know. It's still kind of up in the air, to be honest. I I, I want to show you something. So I, I had my first kid at at, uh, at 43. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, this is good. My wife was 39. Okay. So I my wife is five years younger than me. Okay. So I'm going to be 40. She'll be 35. Right now she's 34, right? Math. Math is a thing. Um, yeah. So I think that was part of it. You know, I think I was more ready than she was. And then now we're just kind of like ah maybe sometime it'll happen now we have our dogs and we're like those are our kids yeah yeah that's how we started yeah we started with the dogs dogs yeah you you'd be you'd be a, a, a fantastic father yeah a lot of people tell me that you'd be a, a, a fantastic father is there anyone else on planet earth who has your vision just to make skateboarding the world's largest sport and to introduce more people to, uh, to skateboarding to, or, or to introduce people to skateboarding is, is sort of like your, your life mission. Yeah. Good question. I think that there are, um, sometimes my friends say, Hey, I listen to this podcast and this guy's very similar goals to you. You should check it out. And, um, I never really get around to checking it out, but I do think there are, and I do, I think there's a way to sort of get all these people together I've been trying to figure out how to do this. And I, you know, I have like, I not only have my channel, but I also have a French channel. I have a Russian channel. Wow. I, I have many different channels. So I have probably like six or seven channels that all have over 100,000 subscribers in different languages. So I'm trying to really go, I've made all these tutorials. Let's, you know, for kids that can't speak English, they need their you know, Polish, <laughs> right. they need their Polish tutorials. So I'm trying to spread it that way. But I think a better, maybe a really good way is to find the people with the common goals and go, well, what can you do in your area? This is um, a thing I'm going to sort of launch into in 2023, which with a question you asked me earlier, am I glad I did the second channel? The answer is yes, because that's the purpose of it. Right now, it's just second videos that we make. But Eventually, what it should be and what it's supposed to be is the community channel. You know, I'll tell you this cool story. I did this project with this guy. Here, I'll grab this board real fast. Oh, that's nice. They just come off the wall like that. That's really nice. Yeah, you just pull them off the wall. So there's this. I get on Facebook and I get this, I have this message 
from this um, skater in Africa. And he's like, hey, I, I found your video, learned how to skateboard. And then I started getting all these kids in my little village to learn how to skateboard. And, you know, they have pictures of them with like pieces of wood with like any kind of wheel you could imagine just fastened to this piece of wood in any kind of way you could imagine it. But he has this class of probably like 30 to 40 kids, which is a lot, you know, and he's teaching them in this random village in Africa. And then I said, you know, I'm going to do a little fundraiser and I'm make this board, which I think turned out pretty cool. First try has the Braille skater. And um, we sold these and then sent all the sent the profits to him. And I tried to send him boards. It was the hardest thing ever to get the boards to him. It took probably eight months. Oh, God. Yeah. So I sent the boards. They got stopped by the local government. And I wanted to go. I wanted to go to Africa. And I actually hired somebody to go there and film a documentary with this guy. And then we were, I had the guy hired. I was about to buy plane tickets. Thankfully I didn't yet. And he said, you know, the local King, the King needs to approve the video shooting before you arrive. And then it got into all of these legalities. And then we just went, we can't do this project, but it was so cool because he went forward and got an amazing skate park built. I mean, this is like, really? Yeah. A cement skate park, a cement (laughs) skate park. The name of his little, uh, the name of his organization is we skate Mongo. You can check it out on Instagram. We skate and the name of the town is Mongo M O N G U. And you know, it's pretty wild. The stories because it's like these kids, where are they going to go? They're going to go into gangs, street gangs, um, gangs, drugs, you know, the kind of stuff that's in the world. It's a rough place out there. And instead of doing that, they're learning to ride skateboards, which I think is so beautiful. Isn't isn't Mongo when you have your foot in the back? No, that's Mongo. Very close. Mongo. Okay. okay. Yeah. Go. I mean, why is that bad? Facebook. Why is that bad? It's not. Well, okay. If you're trying to do a trick that you need to set up really fast for, yeah, click that. That's the park this dude got built. Look at this thing. Look at that. It's amazing. Oh, these kids really skate. Yeah. And that's a real park. Yeah, dang. That's no joke. When I when I was doing this thing and sending him the boards, I mean, they were on the street, literal street. But that is a real skate park. Wow. Shout out Johnny Kalenga. I don't know if I'm saying your name right, even after all these years. And the Wii Skate Mongo. So amazing. Look at that. Yeah, I mean, I'm blown away. Yeah, so I love, you know, I love stories like this. I love helping people like that, just supporting things like that. That skate park will change that whole community. Right. So I just go, well, we just need to do more of that. Okay, Mongo. What, why is it bad to skate Mongo? Mongo. It's a style thing. You know, if I were to say, like, technically, is it bad? No. If you learn how to skateboard and you're pushing Mongo, who cares? You're learning how to skateboard. Like, let's get over it. But there's a huge stigma. And it's one of those things of, like, oh, you're going to be a poser. You're going to be made fun of. You're going to be oh, ridiculed it doesn't limit your you? entire life. No. Like, oh. 
the only reason it limits <laughs> you is like, let's say you're skating a set of stairs and there's very little run up. Then like you're, you're pushing with your front foot. Then you have to put your front foot on, then readjust your back foot. That's it. We're talking seconds. So if you push not Mongo, you have your front foot on the board, then you're pushing, and then you put your back foot on. You don't have to readjust your front foot. But if you're pushing Mongo, there's a period of adjustment, but it's literally like that fast. But it doesn't look cool. It definitely doesn't look cool. And anyone can attest to that, you know, but as a as a new skateboarder, who cares? The right, kids learn how to right. skate. He, right. He's pushing Mongo. He can... Um, Another thing about it is you can also learn to push switch better if you learn to push Mongo. Oh. Because you're pushing with the other foot. Right. And some of the best skaters learn to skate Mongo. Hate hate to say it. Chris Cole, he learned Mongo. He when he started skateboarding, he was Mongo. And then and then and then he and then eventually he could do it all. Yeah, and then eventually he just he had to change. Like if you're gonna have a professional career, you cannot push Mongo. Like that's just part of it. Look, now someone's gonna do it just because you said you can't. Please do. Uh, please, 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 <laughs> please, please, please. Like like Andy Anderson with his professional skateboard career wearing a helmet. Huge controversy, blah blah blah. You know, the skateboard companies, skateboard magazines going, We're not gonna print a photo with a guy in a helmet. No shit. A hundred percent. Yeah. I go to the skate park and I see people without helmets and I just think you're a fucking ding dong. Yeah, actually. So Andy Anderson, he's um, starting, you know, he went through, I, I made a documentary with him. Hopefully I finish it. Um, but I am made a documentary with Andy Anderson about his run to the Olympics, which happened in 2021. And now it's 2022 and I'm not done with the freaking documentary one of my thousands of projects I work on all the time. This but dude's he, cool as shit. Andy Anderson, he's the best. Yeah, what he's a handsome kid. Yeah, and so he, you know, his, just to give you like a an idea, like he would go on skate trips with the skateboard team and the skate team would take his helmet every single day and piss in it, do anything they could possibly do to try and get him to take the helmet off. So obviously if they pissed in it, he's not going to wear the helmet. So then he would go to army surplus store and get any kind of thing that would substitute as a helmet and wear that. That's Andy Anderson's story. Um, did he, is, is there more to it than that? Did he make some sort of promise to his mom and dad that if they let him skate, he'd always wear a helmet his whole life and he's, and he's standing by it. I think that it was his decision to wear the helmet and it wasn't really a promise to anybody. Not that I know of. And I think he would have brought that up. I, you know, I interviewed him for this documentary for probably eight hours. <laughs> yeah. Nothing like that ever came up, but it was more like it was his own personal integrity. And he wasn't going to change himself because others wanted him to change. Right. You know, there's this kid that I follow on Instagram. Um, probably shouldn't even say the kid's name, but he's been wearing a helmet and doing really crazy stuff. And then just recently I go, whoa, there he goes. Backlip the 13 stair handrail, no helmet. And I go, he, he got into it. He got into the industry far enough where they said, from here forward, you are no longer allowed to wear a helmet. And Andy talks about this too. There, are you really telling me that someone would say that from the industry? What do you mean? Am I telling you that? That is a 
beyond like I real. can't even believe that. Yeah, welcome beat to someone's ass if they told my kid that. <laughs> that is I would go over to whatever skateboard company, XY Zones, whatever, you name yeah. it. I'll go over to your house, and I'll knock on your door, and I'll beat you in front of your wife if I heard you tell my kid not to wear a helmet. <laughs> it, it's fucking asinine. There's nothing wrong yeah. with a helmet. There they look cool. absolutely nothing wrong with a helmet. And Andy Andy started a helmet company. We helped him launch it. Yeah, and it's cool. the hel- the helmets are really cool. They are cool. And that's his thing. He's like, he wanted to make a cool helmet. And he did. Um, uh, Aaron, I'm 50 and one of the only times in my life that I felt like an adult, I didn't even feel like an adult at my kid's birth as my wife popped him out on the living room floor, but I was at the skate park at the skate, little tiny, crazy, cute, adorable, amazing skate park in Aptos, California. I think it's called, I forget what it's called, but, but gotta go there. It's Oh, it's so cute. Um, yeah. uh, it's it, it's like by it's cross street from an ice cream place called Marianne's, and there's um there's the new Brighton one there that you probably have been to at some point in your life. They have the half pipe, and then they have that flat pad. But this thing has everything. I'll say I'll text you a picture, Mom. And I was there, and there's a drop in. It's like a nine foot drop in to this, and it's a tiny park. And in the middle of the drop in, if you don't avoid it, I don't know what it's called, but there's this thing that looks like a giant nipple. Yeah, yeah. I and think the, it is called a nipple. Is it? Okay. Yeah, something like that. And the sun, that part of the that part of the skate park doesn't get sun in the morning. So it's right. moist there. And this kid drops in. And and there's I'm the only parent there. And there's like 10 k- kids there, and then my kids, and all the kids are older than my kids. And he drops in and he slips and right. he hits his head, back of his head on the nipple. Oh, worst case scenario. Yeah. And and it feels like um the the skate park shakes you know what i mean right like it's like like i hear it like donk yeah so i'm looking at him and i'm waiting for like someone to run down there and help him and no one's no one's doing shit right and i hear and i'm just looking at him looking at him looking at him and i feel like my like my tear ducts turn on and i feel like my dad me like turning on i'm like who is this turning and i hear him go i can't see Mm. and i just that's it i just yelled stop everybody and i jumped down i jumped down into the bowl or to that area and uh I, I stood him up and I said, Hey dude, you're fine. And I didn't, I just talked to him. I go, you know, where do you live? What's your name? Get him out of the park. Like he sits there. I'm like, do you want me to call your mom? And and I actually felt like an adult and there's right. like, that's rare for me. Right. I'm usually just a goofball. Um, <laughs> and then, and then, uh, 15 minutes later I look over and he's, he's, he gets on his bike and he puts his skateboard in his handlebars and he rides off, but no helmet. Right. Could I like that could be with him for like when he's 60, he could have a stroke from that hit. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Like there are some, there are some definitely very, very gnarly stories. There was somebody that reached out to me, wanted to tell his story on my channel. And he, I, I forget exactly what occurred to him, but it was some really, really bad brain injury type stuff. That a helmet would have, a helmet would have saved. Completely would have saved him. Yeah. And he wanted to, he wanted to read. This is a thing in skateboarding. He wanted to tell his story, but he was like, I will be ridiculed literally out of the skateboard industry for the rest of my life for telling my story about how helmets help people. And then this is like 10, 15 years after all of this scenario that he just like had just completely shut himself off from skateboarding. And he reached out to me and said, I want to tell my story. I said, please, you got to come down here. We can make this great video. And, you know, maybe, maybe someday we can actually make that happen, but it's just so, it's just such a, 
really to show to he show might. skateboarding and how it is. Okay, I'll reach out to Andy. Yeah, get Andy Anderson. He's the bomb. Okay. That's an that that's a uh it's it's a shame. I I had no idea it was that uh it was that I had no idea the helmet was that frowned upon. Yeah, that's even like a little <laughs> that's like a microcosm in the skateboard world. You know, it's very, very hardcore. Like the attitude is like, oh, if there's anything that makes it safer, that is going to make you weak. You know, we use a different word that they would use, but, you know. Yeah. (laughs) We're not trying to, you know, Andy talks about that as well. He's like, anything that takes away the danger. That's why freestyle skateboarding actually talks about this in his documentary. Freestyle skateboarding kind of get pushed out of skateboarding because it's not dangerous. What's freestyle where you're just on a slab of concrete and you do your tricks like the Rodney Mullen stuff? Exactly. Early Rodney Mullen, very small board. And he's like, the obstacle is the board. So you're flipping it up on its side, making it do all these spins, blah, blah, blah. And that's, he's like, there's no danger in that. The furthest you can fall is just falling to the ground. Um, but, you know, it's not going down a 15 stair or up a huge mega ramp that's 30 feet tall, which, you know, is is cool in its own sense um but yes freestyle is making a comeback some people say that i'm helping that comeback and i like to think that i am it's beautiful yeah it's beautiful it's the stuff that boys and girls are doing now another example is there's these two really famous skateboarders a brother and sister i can't remember their names everyone ocean and sky brown yes how do i instantly know that (laughs) and i I Sky Brown. i see them skating without helmets and then eating ice cream. And I'm like, how about you put a helmet on and don't eat ice cream? <laughs> like, 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 I don't, like, I don't, like, I don't. They do wear helmets though. The, she uh, does. When they're doing some crazy shit, they do. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It's, but, yeah, but I do, I, but I, do, I see them. And, yeah. 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 And, and she had a really bad accident, right? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know. I, I didn't. I think hear she about had that. a really bad accident where she was j- jumping from one ramp to another or something, or she slipped into the middle of a ramp or came off a big steep ramp. And, and she was wearing a helmet, I think, when that happened. But yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and you know, you could say Rodney got ridiculed for freestyle, then he redefined street skating. Yeah, he literally lost his professional. Rodney has a great. If you get a chance to watch any Rodney Mullen uh, interviews or his um, TED Talks are incredible. Talks about it. He lost his professional skateboard and then he went, oh, I'm going to take this to the streets and do these freestyle tricks in the street. And it's the greatest thing ever. I show you just. uh... Yeah. And I don't wear a helmet when I'm skateboarding either. I'm 39. Shame on you. And I don't wear a helmet. And your mom, your mom and dad say anything to you like now or back then now? No. (laughs) How about your wife? Yeah, no, not really. What's interesting to me is I feel like, and maybe this is just a bad excuse. Yeah. Like Rodney Mullen. Yeah. So a, a couple months ago, I got to hang out with Rodney for like two hours. No way. Yeah. That is amazing. Just just sitting at a table, just me and him. It was it was he was great. It's probably the third time I got to hang with them, but this time it was like, well, hey, when we were done, Aaron, 
Yeah. And this is just straight braggery. I yeah. Grab my, my crotch when I say this. When we're done, he's like, can I have your phone number? Like, you can have my phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's such a good guy. Such a beautiful soul. Have, have you had a chance to talk with him? Very little. Yeah, it's a trip, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's special he's for sure. Very, very, very much so. Real, a true genius. Genius. Yeah, he really is. Genius. Yeah, absolute there's, genius. There's a few like utter geniuses in this world, and he's one of them. Okay, so back to let's talk about why you don't wear a helmet. What the hell? Is that? <laughs> yeah. I'm judging the shit out of you. Go. Yeah, that's okay. It's good. Well, what I was going to say, maybe this is just a bad excuse, but I feel like so sometimes I go to a park and they say, oh, you have to wear a helmet. And then I go, okay, I'll wear a helmet. And then I'm skating. And maybe it's just getting used to it, right? Um, but I feel more at risk of getting injured with the helmet because mm. I've been skateboarding for so many years and it sort of throws off the weight balance. Okay. But I could just get used to that weight balance because I got a vert ramp in my skate park now thanks to my vert skater, J.D. Sanchez. Shout out, J.D. Um, yeah, it's a huge ramp. It's utterly terrifying. And I did a series on there. And every time I skated that, the rule is no helmet, no ramp. You can't skate the ramp without a helmet. So I wore a helmet on there and knee pads and elbow pads, everything, because that's just terrifying to me. But if I'm going to skate street, which I've been skating for 29 years, it's more terrifying for me to wear a helmet. Maybe it shouldn't be. Oh, yeah. I did see you wearing a helmet in that video where you hurt your wrist. Yeah. You were all suited up. Uh, Which one of these is JD Sanchez? The top one. This kid? Yeah, check him out. I think he just turned 13. Let's go, JD. Yeah, oh my that, God. peep that one right there. Yeah, in right the middle? There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this is, is at your facility? No, no. This is a oh. new trick he learned. I'll show you my facility, though. Ooh, what in the heck? I don't even know what that is. He, like, finger flipped it around the back, caught it with the other hand. Okay, let's go to another post. How do you I'll meet you a mine. kid like this? How did you do, do? I stay on this Instagram account? Yeah, stay on this Instagram and go down. So that that's my facility, but the street side. But let's go. Oh, that right there to the right, one to the right. Yeah, that. This is my ramp. My ramp. Built it with my own hands. Actually, JD's dad built it. Shout out, Danny. You're the best. That's this my ramp. Isn't, this is in Oakland, uh, California. Yeah, it's actually in San Leandro. Super close to Oakland. But yeah, you want to come skate the ramp Tuesday nights, vert night. Look at that kickflip indie. Double kickflip indie. 540. Wow. Yeah, he's too good. Back to back 540. Oh and my he's goodness. Do a revert mid the ramp. JD, you need to calm down. <laughs> he just went to Argentina and skated in the world championship of vert. And he is 13 years old and he placed 11th. And that's not 11th for 13-year-olds. That's 11th for the whole everybody. Is this it? Um, must be, yeah. What does it say in the thing? Just, it says my heat qualifier. Yeah, there you go. God. It, oh, man. My wife can't see this stuff. Why? It's good. It, I, my, kid, my kids can't see this stuff, and then my wife will have a heart attack. I need to keep my wife. Um, how do you meet a kid like this? How does a kid like this and, and Aaron Cairo meet up? Yeah, we make random videos. We, I mean, we make so many videos. We do a daily video. Um, so we were making a video at a vert ramp, and my, my 
skate team was there and they just JD was there. Actually, JD's story is also really incredible because um, I skated a, a lot at the Fremont Skate Park. We've made a ton of videos there and I met him when he was probably six. And I have these old videos on my channel that are still there. And I taught this kid how to do a frontside 180 um, when he was six. And then now he's 13 doing 540s on a vert ramp. And I just was like, ah, I remember when I taught you to do a front 180. I bet you couldn't 540 if I didn't teach you a front 180. <laughs> hey, did he go kind of, did you guys have like a five-year gap where you didn't see each other? Or no, you would keep seeing each other at the skate park? Every now and then I would see him, but there was like a big gap where I didn't see him. Yeah, it was probably it was probably two or three years. And then it would just, oh, random. And then he said to me, you taught me how to 180. And I was like, what? And then I, okay, you're right. I taught you how to 180. Not only did I teach you how to 180, I made a whole video about it, which I love. I just love that. You know, it's still there on YouTube and people can really see. And that's sort of a testament that, you know, what I'm doing, it works. Are, are both your parents still alive? Yes. And, and your dad had a... Thank God. Yeah, congratulations. Thanks. And your dad had a, a bout with cancer. Yeah. Twice. I, yes. Now, what kind and, and, and how, what kind of effect did that have on your life? Yeah, you? so the first time it was hot. A little shift here from JD to cancer. Like, yeah, little, straight like, from JD, yes. 13, yes. into <laughs> yeah, cancer. Yeah, he had Hodgkin's lymphoma. Mm. So, okay, so my dad... When we were growing up, we would make jokes about my dad. We would say, you know, his name is Jeff. And my uh, my friends were all terrified of Jeff. <laughs> he, my dad is like a mountain man. He's, you know, he instilled into me a very, very hard work ethic. Like you do it yourself. You work hard. You make it go right. You are your own person. And that's just what it is. And the world can be a rough place and you're going to make the best of it type of a viewpoint, which at the time I hated him for it, but now I love him for it. Probably wouldn't be anywhere without that viewpoint. And, um, he got was he a military man. Was he a military man? No, he's oh. not. Um, but his father was okay. So I think that sort of came down from his father. His father was, was a military II. man, which would have yeah. been world war two. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So my dad got, he got Hodgkin's lymphoma. And when he told me it was like very, I don't know. I didn't really know how to feel about it. Like thinking like, man, I think my dad might pass away. And then I remembered nothing can kill my dad. Literally nothing. He's been in helicopter crashes Wow. before. So my, my dad, he works in seismic um, he's what they call a bird dog and he goes and he watches over a group of people that are putting charges into the ground. Uh, it used to be dynamite. I don't know what they do now. I'm sure it's not dynamite anymore. And then they map the underneath the surface. So he would go to Alaska on these wild trips and he would like, he's been in like literal helicopter crashes. And then I remembered yeah, if a helicopter crash can't kill him, cancer isn't going to either. Um, but yeah, I think it was literally stage four, which is pretty gnarly. Very. Yeah. Very gnarly cancer. And then he just beat it. <laughs> like what the hell? Did he go through all the traditional treatments? Yeah, he did. He did chemo. 
And he lives in Montana. I'm from Montana. He still lives there. He, um, yeah. And he he beat it. And then, get this, and then he has to go to the doctor every six months. And so on one of his check-ins, they said, there's something going on with your bladder. We're going to check it out. And they said, there's oh, you got something going on with my bladder. Yeah. So then he ended up, he had bladder cancer. Oh, and my mom, shit. my mom said, why does he have, how does he have bladder cancer? And they said, oh, actually, I don't know. They didn't really tell you this, but when you do chemo, the radiation can cause cancer. So the cancer treatment from the earlier cancer gave him bladder cancer. That's what the doctor told my mom. You can imagine my mom wanted to punch this guy in the face. She was super pissed. And I just, you know, man. So then my dad had bladder cancer and then he beat that too. Now he's total cancer free. He's just, uh, his nine lives, you know? Yeah. Amazing. So Rodney Mullen says Aaron Cairo is also a genius. (laughs) Not Rodney Mullen. We're doing our best out here. We're trying every day. (laughs) Um, what is it? It's it's it seems like you're at a uh, a, I was gonna say transition, but maybe rebirth. You're but with some point with Braille, you are um, you said in the uh, in that video, the I'm sorry video that's already over a million views. I'm gonna go back to instructional content, uh, progressions, things of that nature. What, what, what do you know what the next two years look like for you? Three years, years, six months? Yeah, it's like I said earlier, the the rear view mirror, the hindsight is always 2020. It's very easy to look back and very hard to look forward. But my plan is to sort of take back. Well, I've already taken back, you know, the CEO position. I'm a hundred percent owner of Braille skateboarding. I always have been, but I did have a CEO hired. So now I'm going to be the CEO. I'm going to be running things very closely. And I haven't even really posted that many tutorials yet. I've just been doing the weird. So the whole strategy is I do weird videos specifically. And when I say weird videos, that means I made pizza cutter wheels. um, I made cement shoes, cement block shoes, and I'm getting these ideas from the audience. So get back into community. Yeah. Yeah. What a great series. What was that series? You make it. We'll write it. You make it, we skate it. Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah. So people make us random weird boards, but the whole strategy there is that people that are not necessarily interested in skateboarding at all, or never would be, would see one of these videos. And then the idea is that they see us having fun and they go, maybe I want to learn how to skate. And then they find the tutorials and the rest is history. Right. That's my strategy. So my strategy is to do that better than I ever have before, make better tutorials. And it's very geared around this app, which I'm very dying to get it finished. I'm having a lot of problems with coders. I just lost my, my, I just lost a coder who's been working on the app for years. Um, I lost him to Amazon, shout out Amazon. And, (laughs) and then I just got a new one. A friend Can't of you get mine. some coders in the Ukraine? I'm joking, not joking. Yeah, it's a good question. I wish I had thought of that earlier because I'm so in debt to this app. <laughs> it is because you know they get that like the, I'm, they got like coders there who are like starved for work. Yeah, I have and, no and idea. They just, and they just run around and code from, from running from bombs. <laughs> just 
Oh my gosh. I actually do have, I actually have a Ukrainian who runs my Braille Russia channel. And you know, when that whole thing hit, that was pretty wild. He, yeah, probably shouldn't talk too much about it. <laughs> so he doesn't get nabbed. Yeah, but it was pretty f- wild. Very, very wild. Now he's in a total different country, safe, thank God. And he's super good dude. Braille Russia. Amazing. Amazing. Um, How many employees do you have? I had 30 and now we're cutting it back. So now I think at this moment in time, I'm down to around 21. Congratulations. Yeah. I know that's hard. I know that's hard, but I know it feels good. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a lot of things I could say about it. It's tough. And it's also very tough because a lot of people are, you know, and I hire my friends. I went through that whole thing of hiring my friends. And then at some point you have to have this, conversation like hey this is like a real job i'm really sorry but like when you come you need to track your hours <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> and when you're tracking your hours it means you need to be doing some sort of work situation you know and you know youtube itself is also changing the algorithms the platforms themselves are also changing tiktok came in and that changed the whole system so that also is put a huge, that made it very difficult because if I have, you know, 5.7 million YouTube subscribers, but sometimes I do a video that gets 20,000 views. How is that even physically possible? Well, it is now because, you know, people's attention are going to shorts and to TikTok and various other things. So as a business owner, that is something that's very very it has to be very skillfully handled right and i would love to just keep every single employee i've ever had and make it all work and i hope that i can can but yeah so we're gonna we're through we're going to have to go through in the next probably six months a whole sort of restructure yeah and then that's gonna be to do those things that i was saying weird boards tutorials better than i ever have before and hopefully I'm building an app that really, really gives good support. Part of the app is going to be that the kid can send in his video and get coaching. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he goes, I'm lurk- I'm working on my Ollie and here I'm uploading my video and then I'm sending that to you. And within 24 hours, he gets an instant answer from a professional saying, here's what you need to do. Move your foot in this direction. Change that. Work on this for 15 minutes and send me a new video. Like that. How, how did you know to give stuff away for free? When when Greg Glassman started CrossFit, he started giving everything away for free, filming all the seminars, and the people over the hill told him he was batshit crazy. How did you know? And did people tell you you were crazy giving it away free? Yeah, they do, and they still do. In fact, that's a sort of a thing I went through just recently. Um, how did I know? I don't... That's a good question. I think it's... Well, I think when you're when you're building a business, it's very heavily reliant upon the amount of attention that you get. And so if you're giving away things for free, you do get more attention. And if you're just saying, okay, I make this video series, I'm going to put it here and you have to pay for it. So the thing that I'm talking about this app, that will be a paid membership. There's no other way around it because they the have to pay the coaches. Well, that's right? what was cool. Greg gave everything away online the exact video of the seminar 
Yeah. And yet people still paid a thousand dollars to take it in person and, and selling out 30 a week all over the world. And it was just like, yeah, see how that works. Yeah. And he would even say, yeah, and it worked. And that's basically what you're going to do. Yeah. You have them all free on YouTube. It's like for me, I can watch it for free on YouTube. I still yeah. buy it on Apple. I could watch it over at Netflix. I still buy it on Apple. I mean, it's like people like, yeah, there's something yeah. for everybody. Yeah, it's true. It is true. There is that, that part of it too. So yeah, it's so interesting. Yeah. So I go, I, I kind of go, you can, you can learn every trick and every tutorial I've ever made. I probably have the actual best tutorials. The, the tutorials on YouTube are very, very good. But very. then when you jump into something like this, it's more structured. That's the only thing I go like. It's a little better for learning because it's structured. And on YouTube, you go like, oh, I'm learning how to do an Ollie. And the next thing I've been on cat videos for five hours or whatever. Right, right. It's, it gets random. So I'm hoping, I'm just really banking on this being like a really good service like an actual, real, exchangeable, very good product. And so far, it hasn't been. And that's one of the things where I go like, yeah, I did the toys in Target. That was whatever it was. And then I did try. I've been doing this app, and it's been the part of my business that's been losing money the most because of paying all the coders and everything. But, you know, a lot of things start like that, and then you go 20 years later, you're lucky you did it. We're glad sure. you did it because on social media at the, at the end of the day, these guys change their mind and everything can change within an instant. All monetization on YouTube could go away overnight tomorrow. And then you literally have no business. So the strategy right now is to build my own thing, which people can then use. And it's a good service. Worse. They could charge us to be on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just completely flipped the script. Exactly. <laughs> I love I love that Elon is gonna charge for blue check marks. I, I just I, I just I, I just I just love this just the case. like it's not a big I, I don't love it for any p- political reason or anything. I just yeah. like to see like like you know people use the popcorn emoji when a fight starts in the comments. Yes. I just want to be like, oh yeah, let, this is gonna be fun to watch how this unfolds over here. I love it too. Elon Musk is one of the people that I studied. I read the book about him, I listened to the book, um, I read some of his business moves and the things that he did. And I think it's super fascinating. And if you follow the story of Tesla, I mean, there's a lot of people that say, oh, this, that, the other thing. But, you know, he went up against giants, literal giants. And we're talking about in an industry where people would have you literally killed. And he built this massive car company. Largest U.S. car company in the world. Yeah. And people can say, oh, he's this, that, or the other thing. But, dude, he did that. He and they kept it. and they and they keep him out they, they tried to keep him out of the car lot business and everything man they fucked with him right yes and that's just another industry and i get i get fucked with all the time too all the time lots of crazy wild things happen and i just go this is just another person in the industry that doesn't want me to succeed and uh we'll keep it pushing has anyone tried to buy you no uh, I have had some, yeah, well, I've had it been brought up to me, you know, and I think it gets brought up and then I'm just very much like, no, I'm not going to do that. So just don't even bother. I'm so very like cut it off right at the entrance of any question about that. 
You know, are you offended I, when people ask you like they're asking to buy your girlfriend or your baby from you? No, but it's uh, how do I describe it? It is kind of I feel like if I were to sell Braille and then it goes on to some skateboard company and it's just another just another company in the mix of what they're doing. Um, it's kind of like me giving up on my goal. And maybe someday I will do that, you know? Maybe someday I will give up on my goal, but probably not. <laughs> like, yeah. I literally think, like, you know, what What do you get excited about when you wake up in the morning? Like, I wake up in the morning and I don't have this thing to get excited about. What am I going to do? Right. I'm sure I would channel that creative energy into something else, but I don't, I don't know. I really like having it there and I really like creating on that. And I like the idea of, Oh, I'm going to have all these different channels and all these different languages and help people all over the world, blah, blah, blah. We have these incredible success stories like the kid in, uh, in Africa and others. You know, people say, we just did a little tour around the US and it's so cool to go to all these different places. And a lot did you of people drive that tour, or did you fly? Drive. Oh, that's dope. RV. Yeah, it was so fun. It was incredibly fun. I was like, oh, we have all these skaters. We might not get along. There's going to be all these fights. No, we got in an RV, packed 10 people in there. The uh -huh. RV doesn't even fit 10. Yeah. We slept in tents, and some people that were too scared to sleep in tents, I won't name names, Gabe Cruz, uh, slept in the RV. And we went skate park to skate park to skate park. And it was so cool because you get there, and then people say, Oh, I was going through this deep depression. I watched your videos, totally pulled me out of it, started skateboarding, really changed my life around. So cool. All these stories like that, you know, so I can have somebody shit on me and tell me I'm a ruined skateboarding all day long. And if I hear some stories like that, I just go, I don't care what you think. doesn't matter. I'm going to keep going. Dude, those are ding dongs. Yeah. By the way, I've never heard any of that. <laughs> I mean, my kids, maybe my, my kids are older, but my kids are five and eight. Yeah. And put Braille on and they'll watch it all day. Yeah. And I don't have to worry about my kids seeing anything that's like, it's, it's the cleanest thing in their life. Yeah. Well, that's another thing that we purposely, we did that on purpose so that parents yeah. could do that. And then yeah. because that brings more people into skateboarding and some of the other skateboard channels, you know, they're going to have drinking and drugs and, profanity and all kinds of stuff and my kids already see that the skate park and i don't have a problem with that like yeah like i have a problem with bringing glass out into the skate park but like if those kids want to smoke weed at the skate park and my kids smell like I, I actually don't care but but i'm not going out of my way i'm not putting stuff on tv for them to see right where that's part of the culture yeah and it gets into this thing of like oh you're a skateboarder oh you have to do drugs you know, and some kids someone just told me that recently. They said this the biggest the biggest gateway drug uh that they know is skateboarding. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. I, I couldn't even they kind of got me at it was one of my listeners. Yeah. It's like wow. Fascinating. Yeah. But now, you know, back in the day, like let's go back when I was here trying to become a professional skateboarder, it was like you got hurt, you were just what were you gonna do? You're gonna drink and you're gonna do a bunch of drugs. But now Skateboarding's in the Olympics. Skateboarding levels have really increased. You cannot do that. You get hurt. You're in the gym. You're working out. You're doing CrossFit. You're doing physical therapy. You're seeing the doctor every day. You you cannot add drugs into the mix of that and still survive. Like it's this is where I think some of these things are really good. I'm very anti-drug, 
a lot of people think I do smoke weed, et cetera. I don't, I don't smoke weed. I don't do any drugs. And I'm not going to sit there and tell everybody else that they can't either. People are going to live their own lives. Um, but my strategy is just to Well, make... they're not good for you, Aaron. Yeah, that's true. They're actually, they're <laughs> harmful for you. Burning right. any object and inhaling the fumes, injecting drugs into your veins, popping pills. These things are all harmful to you. Right. So I... Right. But there is a, there, a lot of people think, oh, marijuana makes you a better skateboarder. That's definitely a, a thing as well. I wanted to do a whole documentary and maybe I still will. I, I met this girl who is a physical therapist and she has all these statistical analysis data of what marijuana does to the system and how it reacts specifically for athletes. Mm -hmm. And I should make this documentary at some point and interview a bunch of people. Cause there's also a lot of professional skateboarders that lost their career to drugs. Nobody yeah. talks about it. Not really. Well, some people do nowadays. The Christian Hasoy documentary is amazing. Oh, I haven't seen that. I have to watch that. That old ass one? You haven't seen that? No, I have to oh see it. Oh my God, Aaron, you have to see it. It's That's the whole story. I just recently met him and he is just such a beautiful person as well. I love yeah, him. He, he, he's full-blown born again now, right? He's Yes. Like, he came to the Braille house and did a video with us. Oh, that's awesome, I dude. wasn't there when he did, but then I met him later. And Where I were you? Like, you were out gallivanting with Elon Musk? Yeah, probably. And then I <laughs> and then I went to do tour, and I just was randomly walking into the hotel. It's probably midnight, and Christian Hasoy is sitting in the lobby. And then I go, I'm going to go say hi to Christian Hasoy. Why not? And then yeah. he's like, oh, you're from the braille I went to your place but it was so funny my guys were telling me <laughs> so we do all the weird boards he literally walked in and they were like hey christian we're gonna do this and he goes what is this and they he's like oh this is a weird board and he goes no like what what is this and oh. then they were like trying to, they're like oh we do this like youtube channel and we have the skate park blah blah and he was just like so like what in the world is going on here? We're like so oddball. Are people disappointed if they come to skate at Braille and they don't get this, especially a huge name in the sport like that, and they don't get to skate with you? Probably. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. I think so. I think sometimes they- I'd be they bummed are. if I came there and I didn't see you. I'd be like, well, <laughs> where is he? Yeah. Well, you have to come up. You're not too far away, right? No, I'm close to you. Yeah, I'm you close. have to make a trip. I'm in Santa Cruz. I time it when you're there. Yeah, you got to hit me on the text and time it when I'm there because I'm not always there. And when and a lot of times when I am there, we're just like very hardcore filming. You know, we have a schedule and it's a, it's a thing. Daily do, videos. Do, do you uh, publish same time every day? Live yeah, at Braille, 5 p.m.? 10 a.m. every day. 10 a.m. every morning. Mm -hmm. A video goes up. Yeah, Probably for a very long time, 10 years, maybe. I don't know. I should look. Actually, I should look. We oh, have that... never faltered from that. And a lot of people are telling us I should because my views have been dropping and they're saying, oh, you got to not do daily. I don't know if that's a lie or not. I have to. When I reinvent the wheel here in the next six months, I'll give some things a shot. Oh, shit, man. Experiment. Wow. Yeah. Do, do you have? Do you have any friends... Um, any other YouTubers like this, this cadre of guys you hang out with the 1 million to 20 million group that you're probably friends with or. Yeah, I do. And, and, and you guys, did you guys brainstorm that stuff? We do all the time. Yeah. It's very interesting. Cause right now it's like, 
You know who Dude Perfect is? The huge, massive YouTube channel. They do trick shots, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. They have probably 100 million subs or something close. Crazy. Even their, even their views have been dropping. I literally just go, okay, there are some channels that are growing, but a good amount of people are have been dropping. And TikTok, I don't know if you know this, it was huge news, but the, the stat that everybody is trying to get is the watch time. So TikTok just took over YouTube and watch time. Not just happened probably a year and a half ago. <clears throat> a year, wow. year and a half ago. Yeah, huge, huge thing. Yeah, dude, perfect. What do they got there? 50 60 million. 60 million subscribers. Yeah, 58 four. Wow. Yeah. And their their views have actually also been dropping. Um, so I look at all channels skateboarding related, not skateboarding related and look at what they're doing, how they're doing it and what's working, what's not working. And it's very interesting. I, I just love that. I love statistical analysis. I love just the raw hardcore numbers. Of it. I avoid TikTok like the plague. Yeah, I probably should too. But recently I've been on there. It's tough. It's tough. Tough. Well, 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 maybe it's good for you. Maybe it's, it's, it's good for your business. I just, I don't, I, yeah, it probably is amazing for your business. Um, it's interesting that those, that those don't monetize as like the, the people, at least from my purview where I stand, uh, a, a million TikTok. Um, uh, this is really, um, you know, yeah, throw out some numbers, sweeping generalization, yeah. but a million YouTube, uh, TikTok followers is the equivalent to a sponsor to a hundred thousand Instagram followers. Now that's just a, a big sweeping generalization, but I just don't get the impression that they think that those followers convert the way Instagram followers are, but maybe, maybe, maybe is that how you see it too? There's um, not as much of a premium on them. Yeah. Well, it's the raw numbers, <laughs> right? So, right. So, I don't, I haven't really tested enough to be able to just give purely raw numbers from my own channels, right. but I do, do you value your Instagram followers more than your TikTok followers. Um, not really people, the, you know, the mindset oh, okay, that okay. I have honestly okay. is okay, yeah, what I was saying earlier is attention is attention, right? So if you're getting attention, that's good. And just keep going on that. No matter what kind of like, okay. you know, the CrossFit, he's going to give it away all for free. Right. And at some point that's going to come back to him some way, somehow. So right. if I, I think I have like 880,000 on TikTok, and on Instagram, I have like 980,000. Um, do I value the TikTok or value the Instagram more than TikTok? No. But if we're posting a video, I could take the same video, <clears throat> post it on Instagram and it'll do maybe 200,000 views. I could post it on TikTok. And it might do 20,000 views, but then a different video, vice versa, TikTok might do 2 million views and Instagram might do 100,000 views. So I just, what it really comes down to at the end of the day, is cold, hard statistics of just, you got that many people to view it. Right. And that was that much attention and that's good. Right. Um, but it is a very tough thing because on YouTube, if I get a million views, I make money. Right. And if I get a million views on TikTok, I make nothing. What What about Facebook? Have they invited you to play with their uh, their what are they called? Their reels? Yeah, we do that too. Yeah, Facebook, Instagram reels. I mean, Instagram reels was paying for about two months, and now 
they've made it. So I think some people have worked the system a little bit and got a good, healthy paycheck. I know some of those people very well done. And now it's like, Oh, if you want to make a thousand bucks, you have to get like 12 billion. <laughs> right. They just ramped it up so fast. And it's kind of, you know, we do make money on Instagram. We do make some money on TikTok. We do make some money on Facebook. We make the vast majority of money on long form YouTube. Yeah. And now we're doing shorts on YouTube. And as of January 1st, shorts on YouTube are set to monetize. Do I think that monetization is going to be good? I really, really, really hope so. And I want to think so. I have my doubts. We'll see. You're going to mix the shorts with your current station? Already are. We already already are. Okay. are. Yeah. Oh, and now they have all these different tabs. Yeah, it's new. They just recently did that. Yeah, that shit scares the shit out of me. But people start Super. DMing me. They're like, where's this video? Where's that? I'm like, they're there. And I'm like, uh-oh. Yeah, it's it's a, it's going to be... I feel like the same thing that occurred when the internet first occurred is sort of occurring again. Like there's a... Wow, gonna, that heavy. It's... Maybe not that heavy, but it's pretty heavy. Yeah. You're going to see a lot of changes occurring in the next couple of years. And apparently we're going into some kind of a financial crisis. <laughs> you mean because they printed $3 trillion in the last couple of years? Economic, yeah. And there's some like inflation occurring and the economy is, you know, doing what it's doing. It's going to be an interesting road. Your yeah. hindsight is 2020. What's ahead of you? You're not totally sure. So really be very, very smart and talented in everything you do and work your ass off. Yeah, work your ass off. And don't do drugs. Yeah, and don't they do slow you drugs. Down. It's like tying an anchor to you. Yeah. If you're trying to be a professional skateboarder, you're out there and you're 14 years old and you're starting to smoke weed and you think it's going to make you better, trust me, it's not. I, I always wish that someone would have told me this. The thing about smoking cigarettes and doing drugs is it only has two endings. You have to quit, which is so hard. Yeah. And, and, or it kills you. <laughs> those are those are the two roads it goes down. I wish someone would have told me that before I ever smoked my first cigarette. Did you ever yeah. smoke cigarettes? No, I never did. My wife and, did very heavily. Nicotine and then I, I tried savage, to get her, oh, dude. It's so gnarly. I tried to get my wife to quit, and she was so tough on me. That one, I remember, I'll never forget it. I dude, literally like heroin, forced her dude. to smoke. I was like, you got it. You got to smoke. And then she did. And then she literally took one drag of a cigarette and she goes, oh my God, I feel so much better. But she was literally going insane. <laughs> yes, yes. You have physical withdrawals. You need to be like, I, I, yeah. when I, the, the, it took me a, shit, a shitload of efforts to try. But once I finally, I just basically said, hey, I need to be left alone for like three days. Yeah. And I would be like twitching. My wife did a very similar thing. I literally thought she was never going to quit in her whole life. And then she did. She just literally quit. And I said, wow, fuck is well done. I've never been so proud of you. Or maybe yeah. I have, but that was very, I was really proud of her. Have your mom and dad told you how, that they're blown away? What's your brother think about what you're doing? Yeah, he thinks it's awesome. So the actual reason I did the tour was to go back to my hometown. So when I was 18, I got a skate park built in Red Lodge, Montana. You got that built when you were 18? Yeah. It wasn't the park that's there now, but it was just a slab of concrete, had a bench and a flat bar. In fact, they sent the bench to me and I need to find it. 
That oh, that's me. so sweet. Yeah, I got I got the park built. I went to city council. I did a whole presentation. I asked city council for twenty five thousand. Then I wrote a grant, got another ten thousand. It was in the city paper, and then um, some 10, 15 years later, the park was all run down. It was wood ramps. It was crap. And then I met somebody randomly from Missoula, and he said, hey, I work with Montana Skate Park Association. And I said, you know, I've been thinking we need to redo this Red Lodge Park. And then I met, got hooked up with this guy named Kevin Bonk, super rad dude from Red Lodge, who's on the city council. And we raised $200,000. Wow. And we got this park built right here. And the reason I, you know, and then it That's got how built. how much that park cost? That's yeah. it? 200000 That seems cost affordable. Yeah, it is affordable. Um, I don't Dude, look at 50. that neighborhood. Those homes are beautiful. You think? Yeah, go back. This is where I grew up. Very, I mean. I can't time, control this thing. Oh, oh, maybe I can. Let's see. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, very nice little community. I love growing up. This is where I grew up, Red Lodge, Montana. This town has 2,000 people. It's a very small town. It's a nice park. This company called Evergreen that is just going around Montana um, and building these awesome skate parks thanks to this other organization called Montana Pool Service. Shout out Jeff Ament from Pearl Jam. He donates a lot of money and he gets a lot of skate parks built in Montana. So Montana has some oh, unbelievable oh, parks. I think I've heard that story. Okay. Yeah. So Jeff donated 50. I donated 50. And then we raised another 100 and we got this park built. And so I went back to, um, I went back to my hometown and brought my whole team there. And we did a little sort of meet and greet we call it so a bunch of kids come out and we skate the park with them and my dad was there you know yeah my dad was very proud of me i think he was trying to hold back the tears kind of proud oh that's awesome i love yeah. that yeah um, that's an adorable park did you did you have input in the design yes that little bowl in the center is trick yeah it's amazing we got some really good shots there. If we ever edit this video, <laughs> we need to. So Montana, huh? So if I was going to do something one year with my kids, it'd be like drive to Montana and try to tour all the skate parks there. Yes. Do it and go camping and take them fishing. Montana is, have you been to Montana? I have. It's beautiful. And you got to hit Yellowstone National Park on your way. Yeah, it, it, it truly is beautiful. Idaho. You ever think about moving that back out there? Take your wife to Idaho? Montana. Yeah, I have. And I think like it's it's sort of like therapeutic to go there, but I think living there, I don't know, tough. Well, I'll tell you what living it's in tough. Oakland will do now that I uh, we're uh, I'm not afraid to offend you since I got everything I need from you. Yeah. I I grew I I I was born in Oakland, California. Yeah. And I was in Berkeley, uh, and I was in Ber and I bought a home in Berkeley and I lived in Berkeley for a bunch of time and then I ended up moving down here. And about six months into the pandemic, I went up to Berkeley. Yeah. And what was it like? <laughs> Craziest motherfuckers I've ever seen. Yeah. Everyone's outside with masks on, standing. Well, I went to the park 
We were the only, I saw 5,000 people that day. We were the only people that masked. Bat shit insanity. The evil looks people gave each other. The yes. shit people would say, keep your kids away. Don't let your kids get close to us. Dude, we're in fucking Tilden Park. <laughs> I, I seriously felt like I was in a zombie movie, dude. Yeah. I was like, what has happened up here? Yes. What did you guys see? I'm only yeah. 70 miles down the road from you. I mean, don't get me wrong. Santa Cruz was pretty out there too. Yeah. But what did you see? It was so sad. These smart people. Yeah. It's the news. It's the news. They bought into it. I was so sad for them. Yeah. It was, and I told, and I told my wife, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so glad we rent this house out and we don't live here. Like what if we would have been here with these I seriously couldn't believe it. I seriously couldn't believe it. I was in, you know, Tilden Park, right? I don't know where that is, but I can get the the concept of it. It's, it's, yeah. it's, the, it's the Berkeley Hills, the Oakland Hills. Yeah. Dude, you got to go to Tilden Park. It's right in your backyard. You got to go oh, up there. Yeah? It's, a, it's amazing, dude. It's just, oh, they got all sorts. There. I just don't even know the name. Tilden Park, yeah. And, you know, they make those crazy skateboarding videos there where the guys are skating down the hills. They have Tilden the Grizzly Park. They have the Grizzly Peak. Uh, uh, there's, let me see if I can find No, it. that's I, in San Francisco. No, the I know hill. you've seen this. Let me see. Valencia. Uh, Grizzly Peak Skateboarding. But Oakland uh, is chill. Oakland, you know, I, yeah. It uh, is chill? I don't say anything bad about Berkeley. <laughs> uh, Berkeley's insane. But it my, was, you know, I have, I have my house and I come here and I create my videos and then I go to my skate park and I make my videos. I'm very like, I'm kind of isolated into my own world. Yeah, me too. You, you know? just have your loop you stay in. Yeah. And I don't really, you know, if I go out and everybody's, you know, <laughs> being When's wacky. the last time you've been to Costco? Uh, when the day before we went on this trip, because yeah. I went, oh, I'm going to go to Costco and buy a bunch of food for all. And when's the time before that? When had you been there? Uh, years. Yeah. I haven't been in 20 years and I went a month ago. Yeah. I, I couldn't even believe what I saw. What, what, <laughs> uh, you know, you, which one did you go to? Which Costco did you go to? Fairfield? I think. Yeah. You know oh, what God. you saw, you know, Hey, it's like Disney. It's the exact same people at Disneyland. Is it? I, I haven't been to Disneyland either. Oh man. You were, were you shocked? Were you flabbergasted World. when you went into Costco? No, I don't think okay. so. All right. I don't remember being like, oh my God, what is this? But also we do make these videos. We go into these stores. I mean, I don't know. The world is just crazy place. People are, people are wild. You know, they do drugs. Yeah, they do. They do. They eat too many donuts. And there are a lot of donuts and a lot of sugar and a lot of food. And uh, so there's a lot of wild stuff going on out there. It's an um, interesting place. I uh, I appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Appreciate you skating the whole park with me from uh, wife to family to drugs to dogs. and Yeah. Really, yeah, I appreciate really, you having me. Dude, and you're, thank you for you're doing amazing. What you're doing. Yeah. You're, you're amazing. And uh, I know that all my uh, listeners are going to think I'm cool as shit because I had you on. <laughs> And just wallow in that a little bit. Nice. <laughs> uh, if there's anything I can ever do for you, if you're ever out this way, 
uh, you have my phone number, text me anytime. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, t- tell your wife. Thank you. I know she played a huge part in, in uh, you coming on this show because of uh, the mutual friend we share. Yeah. And it's yeah, a tremendous honor to meet you. You're doing, you're doing amazing stuff. There's no, there's nothing more virtuous with higher integrity than helping, especially in this day and age than helping people move and setting a good example for kids. It is the, the highest in my mind. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. I really appreciate that. All right, brother. And, uh, and, uh, uh, are you going to stay up till you have to go to the airport at 11? Yeah, absolutely. It's only nine 13. I'm going to get some dinner, which I haven't gotten yet. All right. And then we're going to do that. So what are we at? You're not at three hours and 14 minutes. We did not go for that long. Uh, we went, I came late. Yeah, we went for, you and I went for two, uh, I think we went 40 minutes before you came on. So you and I went two hours and 34 minutes. Yeah, cool. Awesome. So this just goes on. Where does this go? We're just live on YouTube now. And then, and then, uh, one of the guys on the back end will export it and put it on Spotify and iTunes in the morning. Oh, that's cool. That's it's really, really cool. really cool. So, so well, sorry I missed the first 40 minutes. I feel no, it's okay. It, the, I, the, the people who listen to the show are so fucking good to me. Like, they just come on and we party. Oh, yeah, great. So they're like, they just sit there and talk shit to me like, you're not going to really come on. And I just, <laughs> hate it. it's, just it's just fun. You know what I mean? Oh, it's yeah, a, that just, happened? Uh, oh, it's just a party. These guys are a party. Let's see. Let's just say, we'll say hi to a couple of uh, okay. Bruce Wayne says, that's a nice skate park. Thank um, you, Bruce Wayne. I made fun of this dude earlier. This uh, my so-called fake deadlift short on YouTube, which is not edited. Got oh, this guy uh, deadlifted five hundred pounds today, and I made fun of him for it not being real, but it it is real. But now he's telling me it has eleven hundred views. I know it's real. I just like missing him. Uh, This guy says, uh, "Nice podcast." Um, This lady, Alisa Carvedal, give it to him, Sevi. Oh yeah, they're making fun of me like I'm blowing you right now here at the end. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) give it. She got the lips. So this is the posse. Nice. So you got a good crew. Oh, great crew. Great crew. Out here on the internet, it's not always easy to get a great crew. Oh, these guys are savages. They're so good to me. That's awesome. Yeah, so good to me. All right. uh, I have a feeling our paths will cross again, brother. Yeah, thank you so much. Yep. Cheers. Good night, Aaron. Cheers. Good night. I've had to pee for an hour. Guys, thanks for staying with me. Incredible, right? <laughs> Holy shit. That's a cool dude. Uh, you know, uh, That guy's comfortable in his skin. Thank you, Christine. The Sebanistas, Bruce Wayne. Oh, I should, the lip bite. Oh, you're right. Oh, not blow. See, I just go straight to blowing. It was the lip bite. I should have done that. Bye, Aaron. Uh, all right. Uh, tomorrow morning, I have Jason Grubb on. Uh, I really liked having him on, and he's doing some master's competition. He wanted to come on and promote it, so I'm going to just tease him tomorrow for 30 minutes. Then I'm going to spin off and do a live call-in show. Uh, Jason is a really cool guy, and he's inspirational. And uh, he, he uh, whenever I go to his Instagram, I'm like, man, this cat's real. He's not. He, there's no braggadocio in him. And uh, yes, it's only 12:15 a.m. on the East Coast. Okay, so I'll see you guys. Uh, those of you who will be up at uh, 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time tomorrow. I feel like we have a show tomorrow night too. I really want to do this show with. Uh, oh, hold on, I'll call you. 
Uh, I'll call you back in a couple minutes. Okay. Uh, let's see. I really want to do. Oh, so I don't have anyone tomorrow night and we don't have anything scheduled for Friday. Cause I'm freaking out about the UFC show and then Saturday and Sunday zealous games. And then Scott Schweitzer, Schweitzer. Oh, I'm really excited about that on Monday. Sean Ramirez on Tuesday. I think it's his first interview since uh, leaving the kind of leaving the CrossFit Games. Uh, I think the guy on Wednesday I have was integral in pulling the troops out of Afghanistan. I think. I think that's who that is. Oh, shit. I haven't scheduled on two days. Uh-oh. All right. So we got to figure out what's going on tomorrow night. I, I really want to do something with Mike Halpin, John Young, Brian Friend, and Tyler Watkins talking about what the hell's going on with the games. I know. I can't believe that came out of my mouth. Oh, darn. I'll come on. That's very nice of you. Oh, Taylor and JR. Is that tomorrow night? Oh, shit. I don't see that on the schedule. Is that on the schedule? Is that on YouTube? How come I don't see that? You're right. Who said that? With Taylor and JR. Oh, that is a f- great question. I need to text those guys right now. Uh, Taylor. So we're supposed to do a programming show. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to drag you guys through this. I'll, I'll send the text now. Thank you, Bruce. You're hired or whoever told me that. Yes, John Young. Yes, John Young. I'm, I'm actually missing John Young. Yes, John Young. Have Barbell Spin on too. Uh, we are going to have Mr. Spin on uh, during the Zealous Games. we got a pretty cool schedule uh, built. I'm pretty excited. I'm feeling like like even a little cocky about it. I'm like, yeah, look at our team. Fucking, we roll deep. We roll deep. All right, guys. Oh, I want to say this. The, the kid we had on, Tyson Bajan, earlier in the year, maybe it was last year, He's Travis, Travis Bajant's son. He won the Harlan Trophy last year. That's the Division II Heisman. He is five or six touchdown passes away of breaking the all-time college football passing, or no, touchdown record. Division I, Division II, anything. He's This kid is going to get drafted first round into the NFL. He has a couple games left in the season. He's going to become the all-time most passes thrown into the end zone quarterback in the history of college football. I don't give a fuck about football, and I think that's fucking cool. I was listening to a coach being interviewed today, college a football coach. He says he's been coaching college football for 27 years. He's never seen a better quarterback. Yeah, he's a senior this year, Tyson Bajan. I'll get him back on. What's uh, Shep, Shepherd's, Shepherdstown? Yeah, cool kid, right? Like, like, like just a class act of the, at the highest level. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right. I'll get, I'm going to get him back on too. Great kid. Get it back on before we get so fucking big. He can't come on the show. Okay. Actually, maybe we'll be so big. We won't have him on. That's to be my mindset. Right. All right. Uh, love you guys. Talk to you soon. Lots of exciting things happening. Bye-bye.